Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet Earth, the John Campion Show, that I can honestly say this will be the very best movie related show you see for the rest of the year. Coming to you from right here <laughs> on my YouTube channel, I'm, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, and all sorts of good things. And guys, it is the final John Campia show of the year. It is December 31st. What a year. So today's show is going to be kind of more casual and relaxed. I'm going to run you guys through my top 10 and my top 10 best and my top 10 worst films of the year. And because it is coming from me, it is the definitive list. There is to be no debate, no discussion. If I say it is the top 10, that is the top 10 forever and always. Amen and hallelujah. Oh. Now, obviously, everybody's top 10 is going to be different, and yours is obviously going to be different for the mine. But anyway, joining me here today, we, of course, for our final show of the year, Kimberly Ann Curran. Kimberly, how you doing? I'm doing great. Goodbye, 2021. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you on the <laughs> ass on the way fire. out. And sitting right beside her is, of course, joining you guys in the live chat today. If you're watching yep. live, Ray Aura. Ray, hey, how you hey, doing? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had a preview of your uh, top 10, and let me say... It's totally different from mine. It's, it should be. That's that's the thing about these top 10 lists. They should absolutely be totally different. Everybody's top 10 list should be different. And I'm absolutely sure that my top 10 best and worst will not be completely identical to anybody else's. But again, they are the absolute definitive top 10 list <laughs> of all time. Of all time. Of all time. By the way, guys, I want to remind you, if you guys need your daily fix of the John Campy Show, but you can't be in front of a YouTube video, maybe you're commuting, maybe you're on a, on a treadmill at a gym, good news there's the audio-only version of our show that we call the John Campia Show Podcast. How original. Simply go to your favorite podcasting app of choice, search for the show, subscribe to it today, so that show is there when you need it. Uh, so yeah, guys, listen, today's a lot more laid back. We're going to be doing these top 10 lists, and then we're just going to be taking your comments and questions today. If you guys are watching live, and only if you're watching live, go ahead and use the Super Chat feature in the YouTube chat and send that in. We'll read those off after our top 10 lists. Or if you're watching the show after the fact and you want to get in a question for the next show or an upcoming companion video, simply use the tip link that's down in the description of this video. Just go down there and click on it there or enter it in manually at streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip you'll get your question read right on the show if we deem it appropriate to be used for our show and of course you'll be supporting our channel at the same time and all of us involved with the john campy show thank you guys very much for your support by the way i i wasn't going to announce this today but since there's a video coming later today on the channel i figured i might as well announce it now uh and that is this uh, you guys know that a uh, longtime regular here on the John Campion show, Robert Meyer Burnett, um, you know, once we decided that it was time for us to start having the show all together in studio again, and, and Rob was going to join us for that. And then kind of the last minute, Rob realized it wasn't going to really function for his, uh, for his schedule. Well, good news. We got the schedules and everything worked out and starting Monday, Yay. big surprises, big surprises. <laughs> Robert Meyer Burnett will be joining us in studio. Brosef. Yes. Uh, Rob will be joining us in studio again uh, so starting exciting. Monday. It's going to be good to have it. It's going to be, 
I honestly don't know how we're going to keep things on track with the four of us in the same room. <laughs> especially, I'm especially worried about Rob and Ray oh, yeah. being in the same room together. You know, if you uh, switch up the letters in Rob, it spells brawl. <laughs> brawl. <laughs> so my bro's going to be here. <laughs> if you switch up the letters. Brawl. So, uh, so yeah, this is going to be fun. So we're going to have the best of both worlds. We're going to have all of us. We're all going to be in the same room. Oh, my God. It's going to be awesome. We're very, very excited about that. And the reason I bring that up is because a little bit later, um, you guys know we're, we're still behind. Like, we got a couple of our Spider-Man No Way Home open spoiler discussion videos done, but we're still not all caught up. Well, you're going to see... Robert Meyer Burnett doing one of those nice. Spider-Man helping us get caught up on that. So that video is going to go up a little bit later. So I figured you guys are going to know then. So I might as well just tell you guys that right now. So yes, we're very excited about that. And we're going to kick off the new year in a really great way. And I think it's going to be a blast. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad oh we were able God. to figure out a way to get that all to work. So anyway, guys, <laughs> it is the end of the year. And so it is time traditionally to do top 10 this. Now, before I give my top 10 list, I want to point out something. There is one film I still haven't seen, which was Nightmare Alley. I have spent the last number of days Dude. frantically getting caught up on all the films that I, I need to have. But the one I just ran out of time for was Nightmare Alley. So there's going to have to be a little bit of an... By the way, I may have watched Nightmare Alley and not liked it, for all I know, right? You loved it. Oh, man, I did I love it. You really loved it. Would it. If we were giving your top 10 today, would it be on your top 10 of the year list? It is number nine. So it's number nine on your top mm -hmm. 10 list. So, I mean, so there it is. And who knows, maybe it would have been on mine. Love, oh, it was so good. Maybe it wouldn't have. I, I mean, I don't know, but... I just, full disclosure, this is the one film I haven't had a chance to see. You're going to have to tell us year. once you see it if you would replace it with anything and, yeah, yeah. and, and add it. Because there's, yeah. a, there's a few films on my list. First of all, I love every single film on my list. But, I mean, they could be exchanged. So, guys, listen again. Before I get into my top 10, I want to reiterate here. Don't expect that my top 10 is going to look like yours. There may be similarities, there may be differences, but nobody's top 10 is going to be exactly identical to mine because all film is subjective. So hopefully this will be an interesting point for discussion. So here we go. Let's get into the list. Now, before we get into the official top 10, I'm going to start us off here with a couple of honorable mentions. All right. I've got five honorable mentions that, quite frankly, I'm surprised they're not in my top 10, but they deserve honorable mention. Okay. First honorable mention I want to bring up is the Suicide Squad. I loved this movie. James Gunn does it again. Um, it just, he brought his wit and humor and brutal visceral violence and everything about it. I loved this movie. Uh, Suicide Squad gets an honorable mention from me. Also getting an honorable mention. Cruella, which is, oh, I mean, yeah. I, I was not all that excited for this movie. I thought, well, I mean, it's got Emma Stone. She's one of the best actresses in the world right now. But I, I quite frankly wasn't super excited for this movie. So I really didn't know, you know, kind of what to expect from it. And I was very pleasantly surprised by it. I had a very good time uh, with the film. I liked it a lot. I hope that uh, everybody had a chance to, to watch it this year. But yeah, I really enjoyed Cruella. Another movie on my honorable mentions list. A movie I did not like as much as most people but i really enjoyed it enough to give it an honorable mention and that was licorice pizza i thought the performances were fantastic mm -hmm. i was i did not like the trailers I, I i thought the trailers quite frankly were boring and in the trailers bradley cooper playing peters 
that I'm like in the trailers. I thought, man, he's way overdoing this. And then you see it in the movie and you're like, okay, this is pretty awesome. Bradley Cooper, again, kind of planting his flag that he is one of the better actors in the world right now, too. So honorable mention goes to Licorice Pizza. Two more I want to give to. Uh, one was the surprise screening we got at CinemaCon last year, and that was Ghostbusters, or uh, a number of months ago. Ghostbusters Afterlife. I mean, look, I had been preaching the gospel that it's a little too little too late. I mean, I was very excited that Jason Reitman was directing it. You know, mm -hmm. the, a, a fantastic director in his own right, son of the original director. It was perfect, and it is just a charming, fun movie. Uh, audiences loved it. The critics were a little bit divided on it, but for me, it was good enough that it gets an honorable mention. And one, uh, one more honorable mention, and these are in no particular order, by the way. One more honorable mention. And it's a movie that came out earlier in the year and nobody talks about anymore. Nobody mentions it when it comes up in their tops of the list. Nobody even seems to remember it. Nobody, nobody, nobody. The movie's nobody. <laughs> this movie's great. I love this was one of the first it wasn't the first, but it was one of the first movies that I saw back in the movie theaters again. Once the movie theaters started oh, yeah, to open that's back. Right. Oh my goodness, and it's so much fun. I call it um John Wick's older uh stepbrother is what I, mean, I call look, that movie. I, a <laughs> I lot like of people, it. I loved it. And understandably so, basically kind of called it a John Wick ripoff. For obvious reasons, but also some of the John Wick people were involved in making it. I actually thought it was a part of the universe. Yeah, I know, right? Bit, and I was fine with it. But Bob Odenkirk, if you're watching him as Saul, you're thinking, can this guy be a John Wick-style action hero? Oh. I don't see how. But it was fun. Then you got Christopher Lloyd in there. That was good. That was good. And then you had, oh, um, from Man with the Iron Fists. And, uh, oh, uh, RZA. Then I think it was RZA that was in there with them. Mm -hmm. The three of them doing action sequences together. God, I loved this movie. And remember, to me, it's like, really, that's not one to have in your discussion about best films of the year. Listen, to me, movies are experiential events. Mm -hmm. And all I know is that when I came out of Nobody, I was pumped and I was smiling and I had a great time. And yeah, to me, if you give me a great movie experience, that's a great movie to me. So nobody gets. So again, my honorable mentions are in no particular order, Suicide Squad, Cruella, Licorice Pizza, Ghostbusters, Afterlife, and Nobody. So those, those are my honorable mentions, which now bring us into our top 10, and we're going to do our best films of the year first. So our top 10 best films of the year. I'm going to start off at number 10 with a guy that I thought maybe could when I first saw it, but now I'm absolutely convinced he should get a Best Actor nomination, and that's Tick, Tick, Boom with Andrew Garfield. Mm. Tick, tick, boom, <laughs> boom, as Snoop Dogg would say. Um, not my normal kind of movie. Uh, it's like it's not like Hamilton, where I could take or Greatest Showman, where I could take any of the songs and I could listen to those songs in my car. I don't. I've never. I've never downloaded the soundtrack. I've never listened to the soundtrack. But in the context of the movie, the songs are so perfect and the performance is so great and the story is so moving and the ending is so heartbreaking oh my God. And, and yet triumphant. And the message, the message of the movie, failing is but a step towards your success. Failing, failing is just the next step towards your success. And I loved that message of the movie. Tick, tick, boom for me is my number 10 uh, best film of the year, or I should say favorite film of the year. All right, let's go into number nine. Number nine is another movie that I 
was not ha had no expectations of. I thought it looked kind of like a throwaway little quasi video game movie, quasi uh, sci-fi in a way, whatever. But it did have my favorite movie star in the world, Ryan Reynolds, and it was amazing. Free Guy. I went back to the theater to watch Free Guy four times. I, I just I, I couldn't get <laughs> over how unbelievably charming it was because look you can make a bad movie like this it's just like oh video game reference video game reference video game reference and all the video game kitties are going to enjoy it they made this emotional and super charming incredibly fun one of my favorite scenes of the year is ryan reynolds and um channing tatum Oh my God. And in, in there, in the cave <laughs> that and that great. whole conversation, it's absolutely one of my favorite scenes of the year. I love, love, love this movie. Free guy for me is my number, my number nine favorite film of the year. Can I say something? Absolutely. Come on, Disney plus, please just put it up already. It's I coming. To... It's coming. Remember because it was a Fox film, it had, or and a pre-existing contract to be first available on other platforms first, but it is coming. I know it's coming to Disney Plus. Eternals and Free Guy. Yeah, well, Eternals is coming in like a, yep. a week and a half, isn't it? So Eternals is coming pretty good. All right, let's move on to number eight. Our number eight uh, one of the year is, I think, going to be on almost everybody's top ten list of the year. It might be a little bit lower on mine than others, but to me, this was a fabulous time at the movie theater. It is the best of its franchise at least as far as the MCU goes, uh, big surprises, but it was big more, <laughs> but it was more than big surprises and stupid, cheap cameos. It was, uh, there's that, the word we use a lot is emotional. It, it had great emotion. It had great narrative. It, it was Shakespearean in some ways in certain parts. And that is Spider-Man No Way Home. I, I said for a long time going into the third film that, look, we don't need the third film to be as good as Homecoming and, and Far From Home. Those movies were great. It just has to be really good as well. I knew there was a chance that John Watts could top himself and make the best of the bunch, but I, I didn't need it to. But he came out and he made the best of an already great foundation for a trilogy. Homecoming was wonderful. Far From Home was wonderful. No Way Home managed a way to top all of it and has become one of the most successful films in the history of Hollywood during a pandemic era, for heaven's sakes. Uh, so for me, Spider-Man No Way Home uh, gets a spot on our top 10 list coming in at number eight. All right. At number seven, one I was a little bit late to the, to the party to, which is unforgivable because our very own, the John Campion Show's Aaron Cummings is, is in it. King Richard. Now look, I already said one guy who absolutely has to get an Oscar nomination for best lead actor is Andrew Garfield for tick, tick, boom. Yeah. Will Smith has got to get one for King Richard. He did a great job. I thought I knew a lot about the story of the, the Williams and everything like that. I thought I knew a lot of it. I learned so much in this movie, right? There was so much like, and, and how much, how much of it was creative license? How much of it is actual true story? I don't know. That's not the point of a movie, but I remember just watching this and Will Smith First of all, Will Smith, John Bernthal, I mean, everybody involved, Aaron Cummings, um, everybody involved in this film was fantastic, but at the heart of it is the heart of a father, right? And dreams for their kids and the good and the bad that comes along with this. So I, I honestly didn't know how objective I could be watching this movie just because Aaron's in it, right? Aaron's like, in it. So 
But <laughs> oh my God, it's so good. For me, King Richard is the number seven film of the year. All right, moving on to number six. Another one I was a little bit late to the party to, and it's not my kind of movie, but it is directed by one of my favorite directors in the world, Sir Kenneth Branagh, and that was Belfast. Like, these, these little movies, and there have been some very, very popular ones. They're just kind of like the filmmaker's reflection of a time in their life, right? We've seen that. Like, what's the one... I'm trying to the one with the the, the band. She's she's following around the band. Almost a, famous. Almost famous, right? I don't like almost famous as much as most people do. Like I, mm -hmm. I like almost famous, but these I'm not trying to compare Belfast to almost famous. What I'm saying is, these movies that generally tend to be the director reflecting back on a special era of their lives or a formative mm -hmm. era of their lives, right? Not normally my cup of tea. And even though I love Kenneth Branagh as a director, I didn't love Murder on the Orient Express. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know what to think of it. It's magical. It's so magical. You're, you're pulled into it. And what was the name of the guy again? Jamie, Jamie, Jamie Dornan. Jamie Dornan. You accidentally called him Christian Dornan before because he was, of course, was Christian Grey. <laughs> and, and I'm watching this. I'm like, where was this level of acting chops when he was doing the Fifty Shades of Grey movies? His I had no idea he was capable point. of that. Point. Yeah. On point. He had so much great chemistry with, um, is it Katrina or Katriana? I think it's Katrina. The, the, the mother. No, oh, it's Katriana. It's Katriana. Their chemistry together, they felt like a married couple. You totally felt this whole entire story. I, I said it was the, um, is it, it's Irish. It was the Irish Crooklyn for me. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Again, I had no idea that that dude was capable of those types. Now, of course, you got Dame Judi Dench in there and you got um, uh, Syrian Hines in there, of, co of course, but I had no idea Dornan was capable of that. And it's made me look at him in an entirely new light. Not enough to want to go back and watch the Fifty Shades movies again, but, but very, very impressive nonetheless. All right, so at number six for me is Belfast. Moving into our top five now. Uh, a movie that flopped at the box office but I honestly believe it's one of the best films of the year that I literally, Anne and I, you've heard me say this, literally got up as the end credits started to play and the music was playing. Anne and I got up and danced in the aisles of the movie theater. It was in the Heights. This is a, like I, when I think of uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, I just think of Hamilton. And is this as good as Hamilton? No, I'm not. It's not as good as Hamilton. He did this before he did Hamilton. But I'm watching this and the the passion of the music, the yeah. the personal stories being told, the whole idea about, you know, the neighborhood. I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for those types of stories of the movies, the stories of the neighborhood and whatever. This movie, had, I didn't know any of the songs going in. Unlike Hamilton, I knew practically the whole soundtrack before I went <laughs> in to watch Hamilton for the first time. But the the power of the songs the the characters the dynamics between them i just again we literally got up and danced in the aisles when it was over and i think like it coined the phrase and with a tear in her eye at the end of the movie i want an abuela like, you, see, like, right? you know, if you saw the movie you know the scene i'm talking about i want an abuela so uh, in the Heights was a powerful, magical, wonderful time at the movie theater, exceeded every expectation that I had. And so In the Heights for me comes in at number five. All right. Going on to number four. And oh, we're missing. We're missing a graphic for number oh, four. Oh, we and, are. And that's okay. That's okay. Because I can just tell you that you don't need the image to know what we're talking about. Dune. Dune by one of the greatest directors in the world working today. 
Uh, Denis Villeneuve, good Canadian kid, by the way. Uh, Dune is a story that is practically unfilmable. Like, there have been several shots taken at it over the years, both on the big screen and in miniseries form. And there is something about the way they did this. I mean, it's so powerful. And my wife knew nothing about Dune. No idea. And didn't know a single thing about Dune. Watched the movie. The credits start to roll. I turned to her. What did you think? She goes, I think it's better than Star Wars. Which, of course, elicited a phone call to marriage counseling. But other than that, <laughs> like it was her favorite thing. I just like, threw it in there if you if you want to grab it. Was, oh, oh, you got yeah, it in yeah. there now? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I don't see it. Okay. It'll pop up there okay. in a second. Oh, no, no. There it is. Let me bring it up here. That's a good. Thank you for throwing that no, in there. Sorry about that. All right. So like June. I the performances across the board were fantastic. Oscar Isaac as uh as the uh the head of the house, the as as uh Paul's father, Duke Atreides, so great. Josh Brolin was fantastic, Jason Momoa was fantastic. I mean, I, I just it captured everything about Dune in a way that I never thought it could be captured. And I said this at the time, and I'll say it again. It is a perfect rendition of... I don't think you can capture Dune any better than the way they did it in this movie. So for me, Dune is my number four uh, film of the year. All right. Now we get into our top three. At number three for me, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This is one that I think I probably like more than most people. You but only again, saw it 20 times. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, again, movies are experiential events. And when this movie ended, I was shaking. I was bouncing between all the different people I knew at the premiere going, wasn't that amazing? Wasn't that amazing? Wasn't that like <laughs> I, I the, the charm of it, the heart of it, the action of it. I mean, to me, for me, it is the best comic book movie since Logan. Not as good as Logan. <laughs> Logan's the top three of all time. But I don't think there's been a better comic book movie since Logan. I really don't. Uh, and I say that in a year that we had Spider-Man No Way Home. I think this is the best comic book movie we've had since then. It just, it captures the wonder of comic book idealism. The, it brought in a sense of mysticism to that realm of, well, it goes into the fantasy genre more than most do. And just again, and the dynamic between, the heart of this thing is really the dynamic between Aquafina and Simulu as Kate and Shang-Chi. That platonic relationship it was one of my favorite relationships in comic book movies. And it's a completely platonic one. I still die every time she goes, where's your shirt? I mean, I, I love <laughs> that scene. I love that so much. His sister was great. And then you've got the great Tony Leon. Oh, man. Right? As yeah. Mandarin. Like, I, and I, and he I, killed it. Best he part of the movie. Absolutely kills it. killed it. To the point that I, without facetiousness, I honestly believe and I haven't said this about a comic book movie since Patrick Stewart uh, in Logan. Oh my gosh. He should get a best support. I believe he should get a best supporting actor nomination. I really do. I I'm not saying Simu Lu should get a best actor nomination or anything, but Tony Leung as their father, I, I believe he be deserves a best supporting actor nomination. I thought he was incredible in that. So for me, Shang-Chi is my number three best film of the year. All right. Number two. A Quiet Place 2. A Quiet Place was my number one film of 2018. I thought it was I thought it was the best film of 2018. Okay. 
And I did not know how can you possibly follow that up, especially if John Krasinski can't be like one of the main characters in it as well. And they did it. They, they just did it. They doubled down on all the things they did great. They strengthened the things that maybe were a little bit weak in the first film. Now, I, I still think A Quiet Place 1 was the better movie. I do. But again, the, the very fact what John Krasinski was able to do as the director of this movie, using atmosphere, color palettes, the what whatever sound and noise he did use in it, he used all of that to tell his story. And I found myself every bit as gripped, every bit as terrified in points. I thought it was, it wasn't quite as good as the first one, but I'd say it was 99% there. 99% there. And again, it came early in the year. So today, nobody's talking about Quiet Place 2 in their top 10s. But, and I get it, it came earlier in the year, but for me, it absolutely is. And so for me, A Quiet Place 2 is my number two film of the year, which gets us to our number one. Number one, best film of the year. If you guys watch the show, you know exactly what it is I'm going to say. It is a show I disparaged and crap talked for about a year. A, a movie that I said, there's no point in making this today. A movie that I said, nobody will care about this. And I was kind of right about that because it totally, it's it's done terribly at the box office. So nobody is really interested in it. But just because nobody's interested in it doesn't mean I didn't have to eat my words. West Side Story is the best movie of the year. It is the best movie of the year. And I was right about everything else. Nobody cared. Nobody was going to go see it. Nobody wants to see a remake of a, of a musical set in 1961 with dancing street gangs. <laughs> Dance fight. Nobody wants to see it. And I was right about that. What I was wrong about was how effing good this movie is. Steven Spielberg puts on a freaking masterclass of how you direct a movie to the point that even Anne turned to me and said afterwards, she goes, you know, you think you see well-directed movies and then you watch something like this. And it's like, yeah, he is the goat. Mm -hmm. Steven Spielberg, there's no, it's again, Vince Carter. It's over. There's no discussion about it. Steven Spielberg is the greatest filmmaker in the history of the, of the industry ever period forever and all men. That's it. It's done. It's over. It was already over before West Side Story. It's absolutely over now. It is perfection in artistic directing. It is kinetic in its energy and its flow and its power. The America song scene, which Ray has in the picture right here, is my number one favorite scene in any movie this year. That scene is the best scene in any movie this year. Wow. Kinetic and powerful, the flow, the music with the characters and the dynamic. It, the 1961 version won Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Mm -hmm. This is better. This is the latest installment of why remakes can not only be worthwhile, they can be better than the originals. This is better than the original to me. Hmm. And I, I I just, I could not believe it. And if it sounds like I'm really super enthused about it, it's because I had no expectations for this. I didn't think, I thought this was going to be Steven Spielberg's second dud after Terminal. You know, Terminal being his first dud. Right, Ray? Totally terrible. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but you know what? Um, I hope at the Oscars, they say best picture. West Side Story, and then they'll be like, oh, no, no, we made a mistake. It's Moonlight. It's, it's <laughs> Sorry, everybody. We met Let's Moonlight. hope they don't, they don't mess that up this year. That is one of the most iconic moments in Oscar history. Sorry, we accidentally said... I know. What was that, the film that they... Was it La La Land? It was La La Land. It was La La Land. Like, La La yeah. Land. Oh, no, sorry, we made a mistake. No, that, it's, it's, the directors actually went up there and said, yep. oh, no, they made a mistake. 
It's it's moonlight. Yeah, and then and he had and he had, I remember because he had to go. No, I'm totally serious. I'm not joking. It the, it, the card oh. actually says moonlight. Just the blow to the stomach that would walking up there. Oh my god! How, not even. I mean, look, they La La Land won a lot of Oscars that year. They it were did. fine, it whatever. Did. But uh, again, just getting back to West Side Story, I zero expectations. I kind of disparaged the film all year, saying, Ah, this is. I don't care if it's Steven Spielberg. This is a terrible idea. Blah blah blah. And just totally overwhelmed. To me, the best film of the year, West Side Story. So just to recap, uh, honorable mention, Suicide Squad, Cruella, Licorice Pizza, Ghostbusters, Afterlife, and Nobody. Top 10, number 10, Tick, Tick, Boom. Number 9, Free Guy. Number 8, Spider-Man No Way Home. Number 7, King Richard. Number 6, Belfast. Number 5, In the Heights. Number 4, Dune. Number 3, Shang-Chi. Number 2, A Quiet Place 2. And number 1, A West Side Story. All right. So that's my top 10. And again, I understand my top 10 is not going to look like all your guys' top 10s. That's fine. That's that's They shouldn't. Our top 10s should be different. But uh, that's kind of my list. All right. With that now down, guys, let's get into what I consider to be the worst 10 films of the year. Now, another asterisk on this. 2021 was a year that I gave myself permission to skip some films if I really thought they looked horrible. Given the circumstances of the world we live in, I gave myself permission. So there might be a couple of really, really terrible movies that you don't see on my list. It might be because I just didn't see them. It might just be because I decided I don't hate myself and I'm going to give myself a little bit of a break. But let's get into it. And by the way, there's a couple on this list that I'm surprised are on this list. Let's get into it. My number 10 worst film of the year is a movie with a very good director and a very good cast. And a cool-sounding premise just didn't come together for me. And that was Copland, or Cop Shop. I almost said Copland. <laughs> That's oh, the best oh, full oh, movie. Very, very different movie. Uh, <laughs> that was Cop Shop. Like, you guys, you've got, you know, Gerard Butler in there. And I'll, I'll always be big on Gerard Butler. I love him. But th- you had this these group of characters. It was so painfully predictable as the movie started to go. It's like, okay, now I don't know where this person's going to come. And sure enough, I don't know where that person comes. And it, it was anticlimactic. It was just, it never got past. You know what it was? This would have been one of the best YouTube short films of the year. Oh. I feel like Cop Shop would have been one of the best YouTube short films of the year. If, if that's the route they had gone. But it was, it just dragged. It was predictable. It lumbered for me. And again, surprising because I really like the cast. And it's a very talented director. Um, but whatever reason, it, it didn't work for me on that level. So number 10 worst film of the year for me is cop shop. All right. And number nine, mm. another big surprise. So disappointing. One of the best casts of the year. God. You've got, look at this image. See that little circle there. That That's is, the Academy Awards winners club. That is the definition <clears throat> of star power, right? That's there. three Oscar winners standing there in a little reach around circle jerk party. They're doing there. <laughs> oh my God. It is. I mean, look, Rami Malek, Jared Leto, and the immortal Denzel Washington, who, by the way, by the way, um, I just realized one film I left out of my top 10. I was going to say something, but because you raved about it. I totally came into the office. I totally forgot the tragedy Macbeth. You were beaming. I know. I mean, it would have been in my top three, but it it would have been on the list. But oh, well, you know what? You're going to you didn't even mention Godzilla versus Kong, too. Oh, what was I thinking? No, no, Godzilla versus Tom was not going to be my top ten. But anyway, but but this, the little things, this this had best picture contender written all over it, and it's just 
oh my God, it just fell on its face. It, I mean, it just fell on its face and never got up. Like it never felt remotely interesting. Mm. Uh, they never give Denzel truly a lot to do. Their little twist at the end was kind of, yeah, yeah, I saw that coming. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's really unfortunate. It was such, maybe in my top two most disappointing movies of the year, because wow. I thought this thing had best picture written all over it. I so my number nine, yeah, it was completely the opposite for me of something like uh, Little Things, which I had super high expectations for and was disappointed. I didn't have expectations for Matrix. And even then still, it managed to come in under my expectations. Oh, uh, this was a totally missed opportunity. Uh, this was just kind of, you know, some movies can do kind of a rehash. Like the, the Force Awakens, it rehashes a lot of stuff from the original Star Wars. It absolutely does. But it also does it in its own unique way. And it still comes together in this super entertaining package. And I love The Force Awakens. <laughs> Not so much The Rise of Skywalker, but The Force Awakens I did. Um, and Matrix, unfortunately for me, it never found its footing. Like the first couple of minutes when we're introduced to bugs and stuff like that, I'm like, okay, this is kind of interesting. And then it, wait, Nino's a, a, a video game designer who designed a trilogy of things called The Matrix. It wasn't even something like The Matrix. That 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 Warner Brothers is in charge of, and now the big bad <laughs> Warner Brothers is forcing them to make another one. I'm like, God, and it never found its feet after that. Matrix is truly horrible. Uh, and if you enjoyed Matrix, that's awesome. I'm glad you did. <laughs> Um, that this is all subjective opinion, but man, I hated that movie. So my number eight worst film of the year is Matrix Resurrections. All right, number seven, not a surprise to anybody. Uh, really, this should have been on the 2018 list, but it comes out in 2021. Chaos Walking. Uh, again, you've got a really good director. You've got intro music. People are saying that intro music is on. Uh... Oh, is it there? Okay, sorry about okay. that. Sorry, once we had to restart, a few uh, things kick in, but. You had Daisy Ridley, who I think is is very good. You have Tom Holland, who I think is fantastic. The premise is really cool. And it just, and you know what? Here's the thing. They went back for massive reshoots because they said the film was unwatchable. How bad was this movie before the reshoots? Holy crap. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, if this is the better oh, version. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I right? remember that. That was why yes, it was so delayed right. for so long. Yay. If this was the better version of this movie, what did the what did it look like before? The artist. Like I am I am totally beside myself about what that might have been like. So my number seven worst film of the year is Chaos Walking. All right. Number chaos walking, more like chaos right in front of my face. Yeah. But I'm bum. Getting to number six. <laughs> a number one of my most disappointing films of the year because I was so excited about this. The character, the the stars, Andrew Koji, uh, Henry Golding, oh. Snake Eyes. This movie should have been great. Making a good movie is very, very hard. There are some that seem like they would be easier than others. Snake Eyes is one of them because we ain't going into Snake Eyes looking for Shakespeare. We don't go into Snake Eyes looking for, you know, the next Paul Thomas Anderson movie. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a very low bar. You got to get Snake Eyes was awful in so many ways, particularly this. It is very difficult to get into a movie when you cannot like the protagonist. <laughs> and Snake Eyes was an asshole. Oh, wow. There's no character development. He's just a big dick. Storm Shadow is the good guy and the victim of the assholery 
of Snake Eyes. <laughs> and it's hard to get into a movie when the hero, you don't want the hero to win. You start cheering for the bad guy, the quote unquote bad guy. And I mean, uh, and it's like, okay, look, we're going into a movie called Snake Eyes. Show us some cool ninja fights. And they fall prey. They shot it on an iPhone. I, they didn't really. <laughs> they fell prey to, okay, let's, uh, let, let's shoot this movie. Okay, great. Are we ready? Okay. And the director went, and action. <laughs> oh, no. Edit, 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 edit. Ooh, 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 hear those swords clanging? I bet you wish you could see the sword fight that's happening. It's cool. But I'm going to do this with the camera. <laughs> Sploosh. It was so bad. <laughs> It's it's like it makes me angry how bad this movie was because I was so freaking excited to see it. I was so excited to see it. But yeah, like I, again, along the ways, the director said, you know what? I could get Javier, who's worked on a bunch of things, my cinematographer. But you know, I was just at the Chicago Zoo and they had this epileptic monkey. And oh, it'd be awesome oh, if he, yeah. I, sh I think oh. I put a little camera ring on that little monkey and he can be shoot the movie. You know what? I think, <laughs> That's what it felt like. I think it's disrespectful when when you do a shaky cam. It absolutely is. Because yeah. those guys, they bust their ass. So, yeah, to do a shaky cam, it's almost like you don't. It's almost like putting salt and pepper all over your, your dish. You don't you don't think it's good enough or it's not. You don't think it's good. It needs more flavor. Because you're right. These, these choreographers and these performers and these stunt guys, they work so hard to try to make a scene that's going to look good. And it's like, nope, <laughs> you don't get to see it. But even if we did see it, it probably wouldn't have saved it because the movie is just so bad. So my number six worst film of the year is Snake Eyes. Now we get into our top five, the mm. truly the positions of honor. The oh winners. Gosh. We're going to start off. With Space Jam 2. Space oh, Jam, a new Space legacy. Jam. Don't hey, watch it. Don't chase it. That's don't the new thing. Don't do it. Save yourself. And listen, I say this as a huge no. LeBron James fan. I love LeBron. I, I'm a big LeBron guy. I totally am. LeBron, stick to your day job, my man. <laughs> this was not... Woo! Now, listen, I'm, maybe he'll produce and make other movies that'll be fantastic. And, and I'm, I'm sure he will. But this, and listen, I don't even think making Space Jam 2 is a bad idea. I mean, I was never, I'm not one of these guys that thought the first Space Jam was some big, super classic. Like, I remember it fondly, but I, I never thought it was all that special. But this was so bad. And again, Warner Brothers is the villain. Or at least a, a program of Warner Brothers is the villain. I mean, I, what I just, is the deal with the creators calling out Warner Brothers? I in know their stories, and they're like, "Our little villain is Warner Brothers." So's ours. That's so funny. let's have lunch. Now, listen. I'll say this: <laughs> there were a couple of cute moments in Space Jam Two. There were. Uh, there was a couple of moments that made me grin and smile. A couple of them, but overall, it was just such a waste What's of a movie. That? So, mine is going to be uh, my number five worst film. Here is going to be Space Jam Two. All right. Number four, another one that had super high expectations for one of the best, maybe other than Don't Look Up, maybe the best cast of the year. And it was so utterly horrible. And it's the harder they fall. How do you have a movie John. With, with this <laughs> cast, with this cast, I mean, it's like the little things. Like, how do you make a movie with Denzel Washington and Rami Malek and Jared Leto and make it so bad? How do you take a movie with Regina King and Idris Elba and Lakeith Sanfield and, and like and Jonathan Majors? And how do you take that cast and make something 
such drivel. It is beyond me. This movie is absolutely dog shit horrible. It's horrible. And it is beneath the incredible stature and talent of the cast involved in this movie. I, I just, I, again, there's some movies, making a good movie is hard. When you got a cast like this, you are starting with one foot up and they just found a way to fall, vomit in their, and choke on their own vomit. That's oh that's how bad this movie God. is. Oh, wow, man. Damn. And it's only the number four worst Let it all out year. before 2022, oh John. God. Let all those feelings out before the new year comes. I need some, like, stage. <laughs> and it's the only the here. fourth worst movie of the year. And there are worse. Let's move on to those, shall we? The number four, the number three worst film of the year, Fast Nine. Dear heavens, I no, no, I didn't like Fast One through One, Two, and Three. I didn't like Fast and Furious One, Two, and Three. But I got on board with the Fast and Furious franchise in number four, and I have been a happy, a happy, happy passenger on the Fast and Furious bandwagon ever since. Fast Four, Fast Five, Fast Six, Fast Seven. Hell, I even like Fast Eight. And I know a lot of people don't, but I even like Fast 8. Within the first five or 10 minutes of this movie, I knew I had made poor life decisions <laughs> that brought me into that theater to watch this absolutely horrible abomination of a movie. It's like they said, we know the, the one of the strengths of the Fast and Furious franchise is that it doesn't take itself too seriously. But there's a fine line between... You know, a little eye wink, not taking ourselves too seriously. Do some things that stretch the possibilities of reality. I get that. But then there's Fast 9, where it's like, you know what? Let's just make a Looney Tunes movie. Let's just, like, have Coyote and Roadrunner just kind of physics. Just Ludacris to go, Boo! Yes! I did! And I love Ludacris! And I like this franchise. But this was like, really, what on earth were they thinking? You were in outer space. In a car bro. with windows rolled up. In a car, in an old timey aqua suit. Like, bro. <laughs> and I get it. Everybody's joking. Let's take Fast and Furious to space. And so they did it. Okay, fine. But do it in such a way that's like, okay, this is unbelievable. But there's a 0.001 chance that there's some validity. I mean, they didn't even do that. It was just, I mean, they even became so self-aware and they're talking about like, oh, their luck factor and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. So Fast 9, I was convinced when I saw Fast 9, this is going to end up being my number one worst film of the year. Oh, but it wasn't. There are even worse. Who could possibly beat Fast 9? Let's get into our number two worst film of the year. Tom and Jerry. Now look, now, now look, I didn't have high expect, nobody on this, oh, nobody on the freaking planet had high expectations for Tom and Jerry. Nobody did. Nobody thought, oh, this is going to be great. But even with that mindset, this is, it takes a lot for me to say this. All right. I could have made a better movie than this. Whoa. It takes a lot for me to say that. That's how bad Tom and Jerry is. Like it, like no nostalgia factor. Um, other than the fact that they were just there, but I felt no sense of nostalgia. I felt no sense of that charm. I felt no sense of that. And, and the, the human performances, you got some great performers in there who I really, really like, but the performances were all, <laughs> you could tell that they're all just, 
Okay, now pretend there's a cat there and you're really shocked by what that cat is doing. Like, they just didn't know <laughs> what to do. And it was like, you know what I just felt? I just felt sad. Oh, I just, God. I'm watching Tom and Jerry and I just felt sad. Because as a kid oh, growing God. up watching the old Tom and Jerry cartoons, I mean, they brought a lot of joy and whatever. And let's face it, even the old Tom and Jerry's aren't the greatest cartoons of all time. But still, there, there could have been that nostalgia factor there. And this movie was awful. Most years, that would be my number one worst film of the year. But it wasn't this year. No, no. There was one that was even worse. Oh, no, no. Dare I say, one that cracks maybe the top five, top six, worst cinematic films in history. Whoa. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Thunder Force. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> This, I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> yeah, take that drink, John. Yeah, get get those, go, get that I, mouth. Up. I love get those ladies. Wet. I oh, I I, I just don't know what to say. What what is there to say about fun? Let's listen, and I say this in all honesty. Melissa McCarthy is a genius. Oh, she's she's great. So talented. When she is on, she, when she is in a movie that is worthy of her talents, she is a star. Uh, can you ever forgive me? God, she got an Oscar nomination for that, and well deserved. So, I loved her in that movie with Jason Statham, Spy. Mm. She's oh, great that so in that. Obviously, you're <laughs> talking about Bridesmaids. Like. I mean, she when she is in the right movie, she can be great. You know when it's not the right movie? When it's a movie her husband's directing. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Oh, my feelings are hurt. And I always feel bad about that because everybody I've ever spoken to who has any connection to her husband says he's like one of the best guys you're ever going to meet in your life. Like, honestly, I have never heard anything but absolutely glowing things about what an awesome guy he is. And so it always pains me when I got to say, and by the way, for all I know, this guy could be a great director, but there is something about him and his wife working together that just creates some of the worst films in history. It's just not good. (laughs) And it's not a good sign that nobody else will give him a movie to direct that doesn't have his wife starring in it. And I don't know this. This is just me speculating. But it often feels like Melissa McCarthy going, okay, I'll do that movie if you let my husband direct. Like, <laughs> again, no. and, and I, I'm not saying that for fact. I'm just saying that's what it, it kind of feels like to me. So I, I don't know that for fact. That could be totally wrong. But it's just so... Oh, Thunder man. Force is so bad. Like, how do you screw up, like, almost a satire of a comic book movie today? It's It's... And I love Octavia Spencer, too. Oh, and it had Octavia Spencer! Academy Award winner Octavia Spencer! I love those ladies. I love them, too. And I thought, you know what? This is probably going to be kind of lame. But you got Octavia Spencer. You got Melissa McCarthy. You got Jason um, Bateman. Who who doesn't love Jason Bateman? Yeah, he's great. You got uh, Bobby Carnival in it. I love Bobby Carnival. You've got, um, oh, I forget the girl's name. The, the girl who plays Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, uh, man, I can't even. Palm Clementine. Yeah. Palm Clementine. Yeah, oh, that's Clementine? right. Anne and I sat beside her at a premiere once. Oh, I yeah. didn't even know who she was. Anne recognized her. I didn't. But you got her in there. I mean, it, it should have at least been dumb fun. But it was just dumb and awful and bad. It made my bum hurt. Like, that, <laughs> it's just. 
Now I want to see it. (laughs) It's just, it's so bad. So, again, uh, to to summarize here, my top 10 worst films of the year. Number 10, Cop Shop. Number 9, The Little Things. Number 8, Matrix 4. Number 7, Chaos Walking. Number 6, Snake Eyes. Number 5, Space Jam. Number 4, The Harder They Fall. Number 3, Fast 9. Number 2, Tom and Jerry. And number 1, one of the worst films I've ever seen. (laughs) Thunder Force. Like, truly one of the worst (laughs) films I've ever seen. Thunder Force. So, there are my top and bottom best and worst 10 of the year list, guys. Now, look, again, I completely expect that your top 10 list and your worst 10 list should absolutely look different than mine. Your top and worst 10 lists are not going to look identical to almost anybody else's because it's all subjective. We're going to have different opinions. If yours doesn't look the same as mine, that doesn't mean yours is wrong. It just means that those films hit you in a different way, and that's great. But, uh, yeah, those are mine. And man, when you look, when you look at these, at these two experiences, you compare West Side Story to Thunder Force, and you get a sense of the contrast between the best film of the year and the worst film of the year. It's uh, it's pretty jarring. So yeah, there you have it, guys. That's the top ten and worst ten of the year for me. So what do you guys think about all that? What did your list look like? Did you have any things that were majorly different than mine? Are there some films that maybe I left out, like The Tragedy of Macbeth? Uh, Did I have some films that maybe I left out of either one of those lists? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, we're going to take the rest of the year to just take (laughs) your comments and questions. We're going to start off with the comments you guys have been firing into the live chat there. So let's jump over there now. Where are we starting off with? I think we're starting off with Hank Dunn, Dunn, if I'm not mistaken. All right, let's get things started. Kim, what's up first? All right, Mr. Hank Dunn says, top three of 21, Dune, The Suicide Squad, nobody. Uh, Love all those movies. Absolutely love them all. What's next? Mark, uh... Mr. Hank Dunn also says, I'm an extra in Nightmare Alley, but I missed my scene when I went to the bathroom. Oh, First of all, oh my God. I've done I've done some extra work myself. I've I've done some extra work in movies. It's it's actually it's a it's a job of hurry up and wait. Totally. Uh because if you're like seriously, if you're an extra on a movie, you're literally you show up on set, you sit in a holding area for six or seven hours, and they bring you on set for a couple hours and you go home. I mean, it's just you got to be there ready for the director to take it. But that sucks. You missed your own scene. All right. What's next? Stefan Daylintwater says, I'm not ready to post my top 10 list yet. Still some movies to see, but wanted to share some overlooked gems. Come on, come on. I really like Come On, Come On. I did. I didn't, I, did I didn't make track my top 10, but I like Come On, Come On. Pig. Pig, which is also really good. I But I thought the performance of Nicolas Cage kind of outshone the rest of the movie. You know what I'm talking about with Pig? So, but yeah, I thought Pig was quite good. In the Heights. In the Heights. Nine Days, Shadow in the Cloud, and The Night House. All right. That's a good That's a good collection of films there, Stefan. Thanks for sharing that, man. All right, what's next? Sam Fisher says, got my RSM the Judge pop yesterday. Nice. I knew it was, I knew it was bigger than a normal pop, but it's 10 inches. It's like four times bigger than a normal pop by volume. Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of the same um, thing of my Indiana Jones oh, wow. uh, pop, <laughs> that, right? That one's super expensive. That's not a pop, yeah, this, that's this a bang. One, yeah, this one's kind of expensive. But uh, Ray and I were in a GameStop the other day. And they and I looked. I saw the Arsham, the Judge. Oh yeah, they I'm had like, one. 
I'm like, uh, you will be mine. I just, I didn't bring my wallet with me, but I'm like, you will be mine. I will have that Arsham, the judge. They had a bunch of Thanos, too. Oh, yeah, they had a but lot of Thanos. only one Arsham. Only, only one. one. I know. I got uh, I probably missed out on it already. <laughs> All right, what's next? Out of Time says, my 26th birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Also for me, my favorite movie of the year was Tick, Tick, Boom. And worst favorite was Tom and Jerry. Can't wait for 2022. You know, Tick, Tick, Boom, again, I'm not sure... That if you're somebody who doesn't like musicals, that it's the kind of you're musical like that it. could make you like musicals. I'm not sure about that. But if you have any kind of appreciation for musicals at all, I think you're going to love Tick, Tick, Boom. I, I walked in the other day and Anne was actually watching that. Yeah. And I, was, and I, I saw clips of it. And so, But the parts were not, he wasn't singing. So I guess like three movies that it was. And it, I, I was like, is that Social Network or whatever? <laughs> Is that Sp Amazing Spider-Man? And it's like, no. And then the song came out. I was like, oh, okay. It's Tick, Tick, Boom. Yep. All right, what's next? Random Andy's channel says, my top 10 movies of 2021. Belfast, Last Night in Soho, In the Heights, Dune, Together, Together, Tick, Tick, Boom, Coda. Coda's another really good one. It's so good. Malcolm and Marie, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, and Spencer. Oh, I've been meaning to see Spencer. Shoot. <sighs> I got to see Spencer. I was very excited to see Spencer. Oh, wow. Seen it. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan. The performance of, I almost said Kristen Stewart of, uh, yes. yeah, Kristen Stewart. Unless you're thinking of someone else, but yeah. Um, was fabulous. And I will not be surprised to see her get an Academy Award nomination for this. Nice. Good for her. Good for her. But I don't know. Like once the ghosts started showing up, <laughs> it's like, okay. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So it, it so it's not in my top ten worst. Don't get me wrong; it's not my worst films of the year. Let's be. Yeah, I could couldn't crack my uh, crack my top ten personally, but I like a lot of those films you got in there. Random Andy. All right, what's next? Random Andy's channel says worst movies of twenty twenty one. In my opinion, Tom and Jerry, Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife, Matrix Four, and Kissing Booth. <laughs> Don't judge me on Kissing Booth three. Yeah, that that was horrible. And you know, I think if I had uh, Ryan Reynolds is my favorite movie star in the world. I, Free Guys in top ten best films of the year. I think if I had an honorable mentions list, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard might have made it my honorable mentions of worst films of the year. But it it did it didn't crack my top ten worst films of the year. And I gave him a little bit of a pass because Free Guy was so good. Okay, what's next? Random Andy's channel says anticipated of twenty twenty two, Damien Chazelle's Babylon, yep. the Batman, MI seven. Lightyear, The Northman, Ana de Armas, Blonde, Canterbury Glass, Empire of Light. Okay. I know we say this, and now coming next week is going to be my most anticipated films list of 2022. You got to get 2021 out of the way. Let, come Monday, we'll do our most anticipated. But there are so many good looking movies in 2022 that just look fantastic. Is he talking about Babylon as in Babylon, Babylon? Like the... The sci-fi Babylon, or is that a no, 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 not oh, Babylon no. Five, okay. not Babylon Five. So David Chazelle, who of course did La La Land, the aforementioned La La Land, and then he did um, uh, the, the the Ryan Gosling going to the moon. Uh, for, uh, first, first man, man. first man, first what was it called? And, anyway, that was really good. I mean, he's he's a tremendous director, and of course, he did the one with J.K. Rowling, uh, J.K. Rowling, J.K. Simmons uh, as the the drum instructor. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, and why am I freezing on the name? Uh, I, I want to say whip, whip, whip. Whiplash. Whiplash. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Whiplash. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. So it's looking forward to anything he does. Yeah. Uh, and, and guys, 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 guys. They showed us a bunch of Top Gun. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. So I was not excited for Top Gun until I saw that footage. 
that you guys haven't seen yet, like 10, 15 minutes of footage. And I'm like, oh my God, I, this is going to be so great. And of course, the next Mission Impossible is going to be awesome. All right, what's next? This is from Enrique A. He says, sup, you filthy animals. Sup. Mr. Campia, you are guilty, sir. I'm watching yesterday's show and you overlooked a pretty big No Way Home spoiler. How do you plead? Uh, I doubt it. I think I would have noticed it if I probably did. So <laughs> I, I, I think so Kim sure. or Ray would have noticed it if we did. So yeah. I probably nothing that big. So I plead no contest. All right, what's next? <laughs> Fanimator says, top 10, West Side Story. One, two, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, sorry. Three, No Way Home. Four, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Ooh. Five, Encanto. <laughs> Six, Free Guy. Seven, Mitchell's versus Machines. Really like that, that was movie. Awesome. Eight, The Suicide Squad. Nine, A Quiet Place, Part Two. And ten, No Time to Die. Yeah, I, I, I would have had no time to die on my honorable mentions list, but I decided I'm going to limit it to five. Like, I, I probably could have had, se like, I originally had, like, seven or eight. Yeah. And I thought, that's too many for honorable mentions. I, but I really did, like, No Time to Die. What about you, Ray? No, no, no. I, I just forgot to mention that you didn't mention No Time to Die, and I was yeah. wondering why. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like No Time to Die, but it wasn't a, a top 10 film of the year for okay. me. And I, if I had stretched out the honorable mentions list, I might have had it in there, but not, not, yeah, not in the top five of my honorable mentions. All right, what's next? All right, Toku Guy says, my top five favorite movies this year. One, Spider-Man No Way Home. Two, Shang-Chi. Three, three, Free Guy. <laughs> Four, Ron's Gone Wrong. Five, Cruella. Happy New Year's, John and crew, and bring on the filthy. Again, you know what? In as much as all the crap we've had this year, I love people sending these lists because it's a reminder that we have had some really good movies this year. This was a much better year to be a film fan this year. Do you remember someone, I don't know who said it, it was just something going around on, on Instagram or something during the height of the pandemic when we were all just like knees deep in yoga pants and stuff. <laughs> and someone said, you know what? Next year's novels, the bestseller list, and the movies are going to be great. Because people have nothing but freaking time to rethink their choices of yeah. scripts and plots and characters <laughs> and stuff like that. And you know what? It's it's not it didn't disappoint. No, it's it's we've yeah. had some really great cinema this year. All right, what's yeah. next? Al Renshaw said Fast Nine was top six movie for me. Awesome. Movies like Spider-Man, Shang-Chi, Godzilla vs. Kong, Free Guy, and In the Heights in the top five. In the Heights was amazing. Yeah, I that. Mitchell's versus the Machines is probably my most pleasant surprise movie of the year. Um, Cause I had zero expectations for that, like none at all. Um, but in the Heights, I only went to go see it because Anne wanted to see it. That's it. No other reason I went to go see it. But the moment they we started to get introduced to that world and that neighborhood and the people in it and the, the characters populating this world. I just got instantly charmed by it, fell in love with it. And you know what? Yeah, Fast Nine's on my worst films of the year list. But this is the beauty of the subject subjectivity of film. It's on your top 10 films of the year list. That's awesome. And I'm glad you liked it, man. All right, what's next? Al Renshaw said, best video of the year is John and ketchup on eggs. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> yeah. no. Oscar award winning uh -huh. performance, oh guys. Oh my God, I forgot about one other film. There was the tragedy of Macbeth that I forgot. And he's just reminded me of this. I forgot the actual... And I can't believe it. the actual best film of the year clearly um, is, is this one. This is clearly the best film of the year. So uh, I, I don't think anybody out there disagrees. Yes. Number one film of the year. Absolutely. Completely. Yes. Good. Uh, there we go. So uh, number one film of the year is clearly. Movie oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, clearly. Definitely. Although I don't know that it counts because technically I think we released it in December. The unsung That's year. the only oh. reason. 
It is not on the top 10 of the year list because technically it was released in December. And so. all my interviews were cut out. Oh, that's you know, right. Whoever we sent it to, whoever we sent it to, didn't like my parts. Obviously. By the way, I'm going to tell the story. I'm going to tell the story. So as we're gearing up and getting ready to shoot my documentary, Movie Trailers, A Love Story, uh, we put our travel gear together so when we were going out to interview people right so we needed to test it out i said ray i need you on camera so we can test this out i can't be on camera i said no no, i'm gonna ask you this question just talk naturally and i already i knew how to get him open to open up (laughs) i said ray tell me about one punch man (laughs) and like ray ray suddenly went from oh man i don't want to do this i don't want to do this i said ray tell me about one punch man well one punch man <laughs> is blah blah and he and Ray and I still I got the so footage. Into it at that time. <laughs> I still have all the footage. I still have all the no, footage of Ray Don't Tuck. release. I totally have all the, the footage. Ray Tuck. I won't I won't release it unless Ray says I can. But I have I still have the footage of Ray going, Oh, well, one punch man is a guy blah 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 and for like five minutes he's just running on telling me everything. Yeah, my about face one was punch all man. oily. <laughs> now prepared. I was like, John, you gotta give me a makeup person. One punch man. One punch man. All right. Uh, sorry, what's next? Mintran says, top 10 of 2021. 10, Plan B. 9, Spencer. 8, The French Dispatch. 7, The Suicide Squad. 6, Shang-Chi. 5, Ron gone, Ron's Gone Wrong. And 4, No Way Home. Continuing here. 3, Judas and the Black Messiah. 2, Together. And 1, Encanto. Wait, give me... Hold on one second. What's um, Together... A lot of these movies, I don't know, like, which is like, it makes me feel bad that some of these lists, I was like, I, I have never heard of those movies. I but. feel like I saw Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, Together, Together, yes. Yeah, Together, Together. I think Judas and the Black Messiah, which was great, but I thought I saw it in 2020. Like, was it, did it get limited no, release in 2020? It was the very beginning. It might have been the first week of the new year if I, um... Because there were a couple of Oscar nominations for it at the last Oscars. So I think it might have had limited release in 2020. And that's why I didn't have it online. Oh, and it just kind of bled into. Yeah, yeah. So I think it got I think it got wide release in, in, in oh. early 2021, hmm. but a limited release in early in late 2020 hmm. to get that. I, I think so at any rate. But anyway, that was a that was a really good one. You know, I, I forgot about Together Together. It was on who so good. So good. All right, what's All right. next? This is coming from Hero 75. It flew under the radar, but one of my favorite series this year was Inside Job on Netflix about the idiots who run the deep state. I'm not, again, like a lot of things on Netflix, I'm not familiar with that because Netflix does not do a very good job of marketing their own material, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, what's next? Unbeatable says, probably Batman beginning is the best for me and Dream a Little Dream being the worst. Oh, wait, I read that wrong. I thought you meant 1989. Uh, (laughs) Free guy then. Free guy then. Free guy is so good. I mean, because first of all, it's got all the stuff, right? It's got great, charming characters. It's got a really good story. And then it peppers in these fun little novelty moments, especially near the end of the film which I won't give any of them away. But Free Guy is an absolute charmer. You got to watch it. You guys haven't seen it yet. All right, what's next? Ryan Gerger says, Happy New Year, John, Ray, and Kimberly. You're all the goat of the channel. Thank you, Ryan. Happy New Year. By the way, guys, please be whatever you're doing to celebrate New Year's tonight. um, Don't be that asshole that that thinks you're the exception to the rule and it's, (laughs) it's cool if you drink and drive. Don't be that person. Be smart. Uh, plan ahead. Have a designated driver. Plan to stay over where you're going. Have your plans about how you're going to Uber or cab or whatever. Just plan it out well and have a blast. Have a great time tonight. All right, what's next? 
Crashing Coyote says, my top three, No Way Home, The Green Knight, and Suicide Squad. Yeah, I really liked The Green Knight. I really did. I mean, it was... I didn't end up cracking my top 10 or, or getting into my top five honorable mentions, mm -hmm. but I really liked it a lot. Like, it's Dev really Patel's great story. performance was wonderful. I mean, Dev Patel was... It was Dev Patel in that... We've always known he's good, but Dev Patel in, in Green Knight was a little bit of a revelation for, like, a depth of his ability yes. that we haven't really seen before. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I really quite liked it. All right, what's next? Dante Sereccia says, Hi, John, Kim, and Ray. I just want to express my sincere gratitude and thanks for being such an awesome addition to my life this year. Aww. You truly have been a joy, and I'm excited for more. <laughs> big oh. surprises! <laughs> Sorry, you caught me off guard. And of course, oh, the big surprises. You, yes, you. You had to, that had to no, come in there. <laughs> Any second. All right. Uh, where are we at here? Harvest. What's next? Harvest K sends in a 1999 Super Chat. Oh, thank you, Harvest. Appreciate that. A happy new year to Team Campia. My top 10 so far. Tick, Tick, Boom. Power of the Dog. Fear Street Trilogy. Shang-Chi. Summer of Soul. Mitchell's vs. Machines. Annette. Dune. Coda. Inside Bo Burnham. Didn't Dude. like it. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I, it, was, I it wasn't for me. It. it wasn't for me. I know. I start. <laughs> I watched it because a lot of people told me how much they loved it. And maybe I allowed myself to kind of pre-program what I thought they meant it was going to be. And, and maybe that was it. And I watched it. I was like, yeah. It's a, is, was that comedy? Like Stand-up comedy or something? No, what no, no. It's, it? no it's, 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 a, it's a special, but it's it's... It's during lockdown, right? Oh, it's during okay. the pandemic. It's hard to define it's like and explain. A, it's like a art, almost like a um, what is it when when artists do do something like out in public? Oh, like okay. I'm going to drink Kool Aid for 72 hours. Like what is it called oh, when artists do something? I, I can't. I can't. It's, it escapes me. But I I thought it was great. He's a lot of people so did. Talented. A lot of people loved it. He I, really it, captured how crazy we were going. Yes. But mm. and and he's so talented as a writer. Anyway. So it's a documentary then. Someone. No, he's no. performing. In it's a performance his, piece. Like oh, better. Okay, okay. Thank you, thank okay, you, John. Okay. I meant piece. to say performance okay. piece is what I meant I'm have to, to say. Check that out. But dude, you check it out. You know what, Ray? I actually think you would like it. I, I think it's. I think it sounds like something I would like. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, what's next? Cutter Hale sends in a 1999 super chat. Thank you, Cutter. Ooh. Top ten best movies of 2021. Ten Fast Nine. Nine, Last Night in Soho. Eight, Free Guy. Seven, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Six, Cruella. Five, Quiet Place Part Two. Four, Spider-Man No Way Home. Three, The Suicide Squad. Two, Dune. And one, Nobody. Hope y'all have a happy new year. It's so funny because we had somebody else mention Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard on the worst list. Somebody's got it on their best, which is, again, one of the great things about movie fandom is that we can have these diverse opinions. And again, man, seriously, nobody is so much fun. I, I don't know that they'll do another one. I, I don't I certainly don't think they need to do another one. But if they did, I'm there. I'm there with bells on if they make another one of those. All right, what's next? And you know what? That's a crossover I wouldn't mind seeing. Like if they John put, Wick and uh Yeah, if they put and, them together, I wouldn't feel like, oh, this is stupid. Why are you do I'd be like, okay. It wouldn't feel forced. Let's it would feel it. very natural. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. David Peterson says, Hey John, Kim, and I meant Ray. Uh, Dante. I Between Cutter Hale and Yeah, that's what I have. Oh, look on look on your other screen then for now. Oh, okay, because yeah, that's what the I it's flipped around. Dante Sereccia says, "Hi again. I finally got a PS5 yeah. as a Christmas present. Finally joined the club. May I suggest Spider-Man Miles Morales? Holy hell, that game is great. Yeah, I 
Anne and I every night play anywhere between a half hour and last night we played two hours of uh, the video game that won game of the year. It takes two. Never even heard of the game. And Ryan and Ray and Ann and I were sitting around watching the video game awards. Terrible broadcast this year, but best game of the year. It takes two. I'm like, I've never even heard of this game. So then we listen to what the premise is and Ann and I go, okay, we had just gotten our PS5. Thanks to Ryan getting it for us. Mm-hmm. And we thought, all right, let's, let's do it. Let's get this, make that the first game we play. And we've been playing it every night. It is so much fun. The, the thing is, you got to have somebody to play with because it's totally cooperative. But yeah. it is, hence the name of the game is It Takes Two. It's so much fun. What's it about? It, okay, so the basic premise is this. Uh, mom and dad with a little girl. The mom and dad are divorcing. And the little girl cries tears. She's crying over the fact. It's actually quite emotional. The little girl's really distraught about it and she cries. And her tears fall on these two little dolls she has. And then when the mom and dad wake up, they are these two little dolls. Oh. And your whole mission is to try to get back to your daughter. At least this is where we're at right now. They got to try to get back to their daughter to get back into their regular bodies. Meanwhile, this talking book called The Book of Love, who talks like this and stuff like that, right, uh, is trying to get them back together again and, and like they can find a way of living together if they work through cooperation and all anyway. And then every level is like a different genre of game. It's, it's just a load of fun. So I highly, highly recommend, uh, it takes two. It looks so frustrating watching. It you guys. can be frustrating. So I'm not going to play it, but I love watching you guys play it. I it's just something that would frustrate the hell out of me. It could, it totally could. All right. What's next? Okay. This is from David Peterson. Hey, John, Kim, and Ray, big fan. Would you watch an Echo show if you knew the tracksuit mafia members would be a part of the show? I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. I I don't have any interest in Echo, but it's a Marvel Disney Plus show. So, of course, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm totally going to give it a shot. Absolutely will. Would I be a little bit more interested right now to find out? That's how bad it is. I am more interested in tracksuit mafia than I am in Echo. But so, yeah, that would increase my uh, my anticipation. You know, I went on eBay yesterday looking for a tracksuit. No. Like there's wait till I find my size. (laughs) I'm coming in. I'm coming in with that on. If you find those, we will do an episode. If we buy four, (laughs) four suits, we'll get you, me, Rob and Kim all dressed up. Fake gold chains a little bit. Maybe some rings. You know, let's do it. All right. What's next? All right. I have Isaac, the civil one says December 31st is not only the end of the year, but it's also my birthday today. Oh, happy birthday. Happy New Year's Eve. Favorite film this year is Dune, hands down. Dune is great. You know, it's funny because I've got a buddy of mine. His name's Dave. Um, and his birthday it is the worst birthday ever. His birthday is Christmas Day. Oh, God. So, of course, everybody always forgets his birthday. So I would make, even though I like Dave and I went out of touch a long time ago, but I would still every year make sure I'd fire him off a note on, on Christmas Day, say happy birthday. Because I mean, that's understandable that people would overlook your birthday. All right. What's next? All right. This is from Cutter Hale. Top three worst Tom and Jerry, Snake Eyes and No Time to Die. It's the worst and most disappointing Bond movie I've ever seen. See, and that's the thing about uh, the... Difference of opinion about movies. I thought No Time to Die was really good. I thought, I mean, I didn't think it was as good as, say, Casino Royale or Skyfall, but I thought it was the third best Daniel Craig 
uh, Bond movies. I certainly thought it was better than um, Quantum of Solace and uh, what's the other one? Quantum of Solace and... Spectre? Spectre. Yeah, I thought definitely better than Quantum of Solace and Spectre. But that was just me. For you, it's one of the worst films of the year. All right, what's next? Never Lose Your Nerd says Godzilla vs. Kong, number one to me. Godzilla is the goat. Ah, uh, Kong is king. Kong is king. Just want to remind everybody that Mecha Godzilla would have killed Godzilla if it wasn't for Kong coming in there at the last second with his own little personal Mjolnir. Like this. Oh, anyway, funny. I had so much fun with Godzilla versus Kong. It's like ridiculous. All right, what's next? Chipsby Wick says Suicide Squad as an honorable mention. Blasphemy. Like blasphemy that I'm rating it that good or that I don't have it rated higher. Like I loved. Hey, look, you don't look. This is the thing. When you make top ten lists, there's, you only got ten spots. And there's a lot of movies I really, really love this year. The Suicide Squad being one of them. But uh, yeah, I guess still got my honorable mentions. All right, what's next? Elizabeth Gerardo says, my top three. One, No Way Home. Two, Dune. Three, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Just noticed they're all blockbusters, but I just couldn't see serious films after the last two years. You know what, Elizabeth? I think that's true. I think with the the way the world has been the last couple of years, I think for some people, more serious, heavier films might be a little bit more challenging to watch. I get, I mean, they still work for me, but I could totally see for a lot of people that that would be an issue, which is great that we would have movies like Ghostbusters Afterlife or movies like Spider-Man No Way Home or Shang-Chi or uh, Nobody or Free Guy. I mean, that's why those are there. There's all types of movies for all different types of periods we are in our life. So that's the, the important thing. Thanks for sharing that, Elizabeth. All right, what's next? All right, next is Daniel Townsend. He says, my top 10 of 2021, A Quiet Place, Part 2, Nobody, Tick, Tick, Boom, Coda, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Dune, Spider-Man, No Way Home, Last Night in Soho, and Shang-Chi. And then yeah. he's got a... Oh. Last Night in Soho is another one I could have put in my... Like, if I had done an honorable mentions list that was seven or eight long, I sh Last Night in Soho would have been one of the ones on there, too. Obviously, it's, got, it's Edgar Wright, and I uh, love it, so that's all great. All right. What's next? All right. That did say one of two. I can't find the other one, but I will I will try to catch uh, up sometimes to Sometimes people forget to put, send in the second part. Yeah. All right. What's next? Callum Fadian says, hey, John, just wanted to say I love the show and wish you all a happy new year. Here's to 2022. P.S. Ray, little comments crack me up. Love to see it. <laughs> that's That's my life. Uh, oh yeah, that's my life. Doesn't right crack John up. <laughs> it cracks me up all the time. All right, and seriously, uh, happy New Year to you as well. Thank you for the well wishes, man. And thanks for being here, dude. All right, what's next? Oltan says Free Guy was inadvertently the best Matrix movie since the original. <laughs> happy New Year, John, Kim, and I, Ray. That is a great, wow. great observation. Free Guy was actually the best Matrix movie of the year. That's I, I never even thought of it in that terms, uh, Ulten. So excellent observation. Love it. All right, what's next? ER's grandpa sends in a super chat. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, ER's grandpa. Saud Ul Asan says, did you see The Mitchells versus The Machines? If not, I definitely recommend it for you to watch on Netflix. It was one of those nights where Ann and I kind of had our plans fall through. and like, okay, well, uh, you know, I'm hearing good things about Mitchells versus The Machines. All right, put it on. Totally charmed by it. I, I I mean, it's it is a far better movie than it has any business being. It is really an enjoyable movie. It might be my favorite animated film of the year. That uh, I mean, you got a couple of great ones. I thought Ryan the Last Dragon was great, and Kanto's wonderful. I thought Mitchell's versus Machines was great. Yeah, absolutely, really adored that film. All right, what's next? 
All right. This is from Lou. It's my birthday. Happy birthday, Lou. I'm going to celebrate it by going to the movies and watching the first movie that starts first to my arrival time. That's, I like playing movie roulette. I, I like that. Now, it's been a long time since I've gone to the movies without my tickets already bought and already on my phone and ready to go. But the idea of just, you know what, let's just go to the movie theater, say, what's the, the next start time? And we're going to go and see that. I love a little game of movie roulette. I think that's great, man. And I hope you have a fabulous birthday and a fabulous year ahead of you, Lou. All right, what's next? Kai L. Wong says, just watched Matrix. OMG, how do studios, actors, and writers not know that a film is going to be bad during the making of the film and even at the writing, development, and script stage? It's a lot easier than you think. I, I, I give this one example. This is just an example. But there was the... What was the damn name, the, the name of the guy again? The guy who's Sam, Sam Worthington? Yeah. Sam Worthington did a Clash of the Titans movie with Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. And I, like more than a year before that movie came out, I got my hands on the script. And I read the script. The script looked great. I actually read the script. I'm like, this is, this is going to be a kick-ass movie. And then you saw the movie. It's like, yeah, that's the same movie, but it does not directors will often talk about even kevin feige talks about you don't really know how a movie is going to come together until you get into the edit room right like it can read like you're reading a script it can play a certain way in your head and then it manifests itself differently so it is a lot easier than you think kyle wong for that to happen it it, it really really is all right john i hate to interrupt but sure. uh, there's a uh, betty white had just died if you want to i don't know if it's a proper time of... oh tmz is saying that and her birthday was is on January seventeenth. She would have made it to hundred. So now I'm gonna be careful here. Yeah, I was I was telling the chat the same the thing. The only thing I see that on is yeah, TMZ. Exactly. I'm only seeing that on TMZ. So maybe we'll wait a little bit. Yeah, let's see if it's actually verified. Um, I see two other reports of it, but they're both just quoting TMZ. They're not saying they have their own information on that because she is approaching her hundredth birthday, and it would be. Very easy for people to to throw that out there, but we uh, let's wait a little bit. I yeah. mean, if it, if it is, I mean, obviously we'll talk about that on Monday's show okay. when we get back around for Monday. But let's see if there that's that's actually real. Let's see if that's actually real. All right. Anyway, All right. let's keep going for now. What's next? Isaac Meckler says, "I watched twenty one new movies this year. That's a lot for me. And thanks to this show, you guys got me into film. I thank you. Oh, that's there awesome. Are, there are still ten more that I want to watch, and I will very soon. You know what? There is." Nothing more exciting to me than when one of our viewers writes in and says, I've gotten more into movies because I watch the show. That's awesome. That is the best compliment anybody can give our show. Seriously. Um, and I think that's awesome. And I'm glad you're doing that, Isaac. All right. What's next? Isaac also says, correction, it was 22 new movies. Even better. <laughs> Even better, Isaac. All right. Keep going, man. All right. What's next? Bat Nipples says the Matrix Tech demo game was better than the movie. Somebody was writing in asking us yesterday if we had played the tech demo game, and I haven't. And Ray, you haven't yet either, have you? I did. I did. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did. I did. What's crazy about that game is everything is flowing around you. And I've seen videos of people doing some stuff where they ended up backing up the freeway because it's like all these cars driving on the freeway. And like they did something so crazy that they showed a, a aerial shot of the freeway and it was backed up all the way. It, wow. It, it's, it's, it's a crazy demo. It is a crazy demo. All right. What's next? 
David Peterson says shaky cam for a fight scene is like putting ketchup on AIDS. That's right. Oh! One of the most horrible, disgusting things wow, you can possibly man. do with who, no who, excuses. Who wrote no, that? David Peterson. David. You no longer All right. exist. What's next? Charlie Jeffrey Hood says, so all the HBO Max day and date movies are finally done. Do you do you think anything about it worked? And do you think WB will keep trying the model? Okay, so here's the thing. In every bad idea, there can be good things, right? It's like The Phantom Menace. Terrible movie, but I love the pod race, and I love the Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Darth Maul fight scene. There, there are some good things in it, even though overall it was simply terrible and awful. The WB decision to release all their movies day and date on HBO Max ended up costing the company hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in losses and box office, which is why as soon as Discovery takes over, Jason Kalar is out of a job, the CEO of, of Warner Brothers. He's out as soon as Discovery takes over. So it was an absolute disaster. But there were some benefits to it as well. So like you think of like people who either lived in areas where their movie theaters weren't open yet. They got to watch some new movies on opening day. That's great. Or I remember I've gotten an email from somebody who's like, listen, I'm a big movie fan. And like our areas hit hard with the pandemic. And the closest movie theater to me is like 40 miles away. And I'll go out there for my most anticipated film of the year, but I can't just get out there every time I want to drive 80 miles round trip to see a movie. And the HBO Max thing gives me an option for doing that. That's great. So there are definitely some positive things within the pile of garbage. The decision was a pile of garbage, but there were some, there were some, uh, what's the best word? Silver linings. Yeah. There were some silver linings to it. Yeah. Some people. I mean, if you ask someone that was sick, yeah, and yeah, yeah. that it would it would be so high risk for them to go to the movies. They'll yeah. tell you it was the best thing that happened godsend. because I'm a movie lover and I didn't have to miss everything that I love. Yep. But in terms of a company, it's a different story. Yeah, and it, yeah. it's it hurts the industry. It hurts the business. It's it's damaging for the future of movies. All that kind of stuff. But in every bad thing, there can be some good things there, and th it, there was some good things for some people as a result of it. Yeah. All right, what's next? Fanimator says, worst of 2021, Red Notice, Matrix 4, and Coming to America. Coming to America was not good. I was so disappointed. Very disappointed in it. That is such a classic. Oh, so good. You either don't touch it <laughs> or you knock it out of the park. You don't mess with it. And I'm so disappointed. In yeah, I, I was really... I watched it with great anticipation because I thought the trailers for coming to for the, the sequel look great. I thought the trailers looked great. And I, I was pretty disappointed with it. And you know what? I never watched Red Notice. My two favorite movie stars in the world. Number one, Ryan Reynolds. Number two, Dwayne Johnson. But it looked so bad. And then I started hearing terrible things about it. And I'm like, I can't bring myself to watch it. Oh. I just can't bring myself <laughs> oh, to watch no. it. Yeah. All right, what's next? Sante says, A Night Alone, two movies, Thunder Force or Jupiter Ascending? Which are you watching? <sighs> These are two films that are both in the top five worst films ever made, I think. There is a little bit of a difference because normally when I talk about the worst films ever, like, first of all, I talk about the Unholy Trinity. Uh, and that is uh, Highlander 2, Battlefield Earth, and Catwoman. The worst Hollywood wide release films ever made. Thunder Force was not theatrically released. 
So I can't really put it in the same category. But if there was an unholy five, like I've got the unholy Trinity, Highlander 2, Battlefield, Earth, Catwoman. Jupiter Ascending is somewhere in the number four or five spot. And if it were a theatrical release, I think Thunder Force would be in there too. So it's a Sophie's choice. I can't choose between them. It's like, I'm either going to let Ray kick me in the balls or I'm going to let Kim kick me in the balls. Eh, Kim neither so neither is a very good option for me and I'd rather just avoid both. All right, which one's next? Black Rice 19 says, watch Coda on Apple TV Plus. Incredible film, likely getting a Best Picture nom, third favorite of the year, two Dune and one West Side Story. Yeah, Coda, I mean, I didn't like Coda as much as a lot of people did, but I really did enjoy it. I thought Coda was wonderful and I could totally see getting a Best uh, best picture. By the way, do you have Kim reviews under Black Rice? I have or? Kim reviews, George and Mark. Okay, so you have Kim reviews next? Yes. Okay, is that the, my favorite movie I saw this yeah. year? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I've, I've got it before Black Rice 19, but go ahead. Yeah, our lists are not... Yeah. yeah, they're not lining up. That's fine. KM Review says, my favorite movie I saw this year was Nine Days. Best actor for Winston Duke, please. I'm not going to lie to you. Before Black Panther, I had you could have said the name Winston Duke I never would have known. If you had told me he was the football player in Modern Family, you know, the ones that say, oh, that's okay. Other, but I never knew the name Winston Duke. And then M'Baku came into our lives. Nay, M'Baku came into our hearts. I love M'Baku. He is one of my favorite characters in the MCU. Uh, just the fact that he straight up came that close to beating T'Challa straight up one-on-one. -on -one. And maybe if they fought 10 times, maybe he wins five or six of those times. But then he's just like, but he's also completely bound by honor. He saves T'Challa's life, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, man, M'Baku. So I love Winston Duke. Anyway, all right, what's next? George Guerrero sends in a super chat. Thank, Thank you. you. Mark Neto says, happy new year, folks from Canada. Bring on the filthy and Robert. <laughs> oh yeah, and Robert's going to be back here. We're looking forward to that. Black Rice 19 says, gotta love the subjectivity of film. John, while you have The Harder They Fall in your worst list, it's in my top 10 favorites. I thought it was a blast. And listen, you're not alone. You're not alone because if I bring up, hold a second, The Harder They Fall, Rotten Tomatoes, um, it has a overwhelmingly positive reviews. It's got an 88%. I, 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 like when it comes to The Harder They Fall, I am absolutely in the minority. Which is one of these times where I'm wondering what effing delusional gas was released on the earth that didn't penetrate my house. These are people that, with sensible film. Oh, 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 and understand <laughs> creativity. Yeah, I, I've, got, I've got a plan. A I'm going to go down into, into the town there. Just, you're going to walk did down the middle of the street and let them capture you. That's your plan. Did everyone your that, plan that watched it with you, everyone like didn't like it in the house? Ray, it was Ray. It was Matt. Sorry, sorry. It was, it was me, Matt. Ryan, Ann, and Matt. Right. And all of you guys didn't like all it? All of us hated it. Wow. Like, and we're like, what the fuck was you that? You guys might have been drinking like wine that was like way too old there's literally like, a scene you're all maybe like drinking help something me, help me out justify this okay. so zazie beats is like i need to go down into town okay <laughs> she had no plan that wasn't she a brilliant plan walks down the street hi everybody i'm the one everybody's looking for and they capture and put her in jail so then what's jonathan majors i need to rescue her okay so you got a plan <laughs> I nah, will give you i'm just gonna walk down the middle of the street and let them capture me too there was and then they actually had 
the facades of the buildings in the shots. How does this happen? What do you mean? Like they showed that that they were there weren't real buildings? Yeah, like, oh, man. like you know, like when you go yeah, to like okay. Warner Brothers Studios, right, they, right, right. they have it looks like a building on one side. But if you go to the other side, it's just a big piece of wood being oh, held yeah, up. Oh yeah, yeah, like they had on the red carpet. They yes. were just trying to take you deeper into you the could experience. Literally, see the Possibly. backsides of the fake buildings. Wasn't no. that on purpose? Was, no, it wasn't on purpose. purpose. Oh. You can literally see that they that building you see running to... in town is a facade. I mean, this movie is so bad with like the greatest cast. It I mean, had some issues. Okay, I'll say okay. this. Though. I'll say this. It is only Monster Squad, which had Sean Penn, Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling. Did I say Monster Squad? No, you sorry. said Monster Squad. Oh, sorry, sorry, no, Gangster Squad. Only Gangster Squad to me, I believe was a worse movie with a world-class cast. Like, and I just look at this, like a Western what? with Idris Elba and Lakeith Stanfield and Regina King and Jonathan Majors as a Western. Come on. I had such, and the trailer was awesome. It was <laughs> you guys, I'm so trying good. so hard to defend this uh, film. But, but, but again, <laughs> but I, am, I am by a long shot, I'm in the minority. I, I, I acknowledge that. I'm in the minority on this one. It's got an 88% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm absolutely in the minority, but I am perfectly happy being in the minority on this one because I thought that movie was puke. Like, absolute puke. Anyway, and, and yet, only the number four worst film of the year. There were still three others that were worse than it. All right, anyway, what's next? Oh, Gareth Tucson says, for me, best film, Coda. Very special to a lot of people, that movie, and a very, very wonderful film. All right, what's next? Harsh Bade says, Happy New Year from India. Mm. All of you are awesome, but Ray is my favorite. Oh, you must you. be one of those people that think The Heart of They Fall is a good movie. Oh. Because... <laughs> so cute. I'm kid. I kid. Oh. Thank you, Harsh Bade. Wow. Just that I can't entry just have that. one person like Just let me have it, man. Just let, let me, me have, have it. this one. All right, what's next? <laughs> Let me be great. Mega Movie Z says one, licorice pizza. Two, come on, come on. Three, Spencer. Four, Titane. Titane, yeah. That's, Titane? Didn't quite make my honorable mentions list, but almost did. Is that the car sex one? Okay. Five, the worst <laughs> person in the world. Six, Dune. Seven, Mass. Eight, Zack Snyder's Justice League. And nine, Suicide Squad. Ten, Coda. Yeah, a lot of, again, look at the diversity. Like, none of the lists that people are sending in are identical. They've all got a little bit variation, some big variations. Just again, another uh, like celebration of the number of really good movies we had this year, which is actually really great. All right, what's next? Thanks for that, Mega Movies. Okay, so yeah, you have to say. Okay, KM Reviews says best 2021, nine days, don't miss, pig, nice cage, dude, <laughs> <laughs> nightmare alley, last night in Soho, the last duel, nobody. Not a movie, but the show Arcane, dude. Well, yeah, dude. No, Arcane is not a movie, so we can't. But I mean, if I did a list of like my my favorite on screen entertainment this year, mm -hmm. Arcane probably would have been on the list. Indeed. And I know the Last Duel was very high on your list, right? You love the Last Duel. I didn't see it. Oh no, you know what? I was being facetious. I'm thinking oh. of uh, House of Gucci. Oh yes, God. yes, that you hate it. You that hated movie gave me a sinus infection. Oh. <laughs> Legit, like I actually liked <laughs> that movie. Gucci. Made me sick. I didn't think it lived up to its potential. Everyone's it, it acting was great. Oh yeah, the performance was great. I even like a lot of people bagging on Jared Leto. I thought Jared Leto was fantastic as an Italian with a lot of Italian uncles. I thought ja Jared Leto and it was great. To be he was great. Everyone's acting was great. Not crapping on that. 
the story was like, can you believe when families work together that they fight? Can you believe this? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And then at the end, you know, that. But come on. Come on. All right. What's next? Satik13 says, my top five, 2021. Last night in Soho, Shang-Chi, Spider-Man No Way Home, A Quiet Place 2, and Dune. Dune. I, I'm, I, look, I... I wasn't sure before, but I really do think Dune is going to get a uh, Dune's going to get a Best Picture nomination. You know, Dune might actually lead the Academy Awards with most nominations. You think so? Because it's going to get a lot of the technical nominations. No, no, that's it's gonna true. Get, and yes. it's going to get, I think, a bunch of the the more mainstream, bigger Oscar nominations mm. as well. So I think we could see Dune as the number two or three most nominations in a film. Do you see Timothy Chalamet getting a nomination for that or no? No. I thought his acting was good, but I don't th no, I I, think I, No, no, was... I thought it's where Paul Atreides is at mm. this point. Think, knowing what's coming in the next part of Dune, mm. where the character gives a lot more for an actor like Timothy Chalamet to sink his teeth into, that we could be looking at a nomination for. But okay. the role just wasn't there wasn't enough range in the role for him in this first part of the movie. That's fair. But like yeah. that one scene when he's in with the, with the uh, Jesuit mother and he's, he's doing the hand thing. Like I bought it. Like he convinced me of the pain and the resolution and all that kind of stuff. That was a great scene, but the rest of the movie didn't give the character an opportunity to let him shine. The next one will. And I think we're probably looking at nominations in the next one. Word. word. All right, what's next? John D says, there are also some great new Shows, shows this year <laughs> only murders in the building so good arcane invincible wandavision wheel in time and dope sick all surprisingly on streaming only um arcane murders in the building wandavision Perfect i show. i finished wheel of time i don't love it i can't get into it it's I, not I mean I'm, me I'm enjoying it enough to keep watching but i thought the the finale was I thought the finale was terrible. I thought the finale was straight up bad. I mean, I'll watch anything with Rosamund Pike, like all day, every day. And again, I liked it enough that I it's it's kept me watching and I'll come back for season two. But yeah, I gotta say I, I didn't love it. But yeah, there was a lot of great television. A lot of great television this year. And I just I finally discovered Yellowstone this year. Super oh. pumped about that. All right, what's next? James Diesel says Judas and the Black and Messiah got in because of extended deadline. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's 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 probably too because the extended deadline. That's probably you're probably right about that, James. All right, what's next? Mister Forty Seven says because I won't be able to do it later. I hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas and a happy New Year filled with joy, love, and blessings. Ah, uh, thank you so much. Thanks, Mister. You know, this is the first year in a while because we even did something last year. But Ann and I aren't going to do anything for New Year's this year. Like yeah. about two months ago, we were all planning. A, a bunch of us were planning a big Vegas New Year's Eve. Oh, nice. But with the way the pandemic is and everything i finally got my booster shot yesterday oh and i feel great except i woke up this morning and i i, I honestly feel like somebody took a baseball bat and hit me in the arm with it oh, like my yeah, arm is so sore and that happened to me last time too when i got my second shot but yeah, we were going to go to Vegas and none of us thought like we felt comfortable going to Vegas right now. And I love going to Vegas. Mm -hmm. So Ann and I are just going to, we're going to play, we're going to order some food. We're going to, she's going to probably smoke some hookah. I'm probably going to have some Diet Pepsi. We're going to play It Takes Two and we're just going <laughs> to relax. I got to know, maybe Ray and Ryan will come over at some mm -hmm. point, whatever, probably, mm -hmm. maybe barbecue mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. All right, what's next? 
James Dizel says top three last night in Soho inside and Dune. A lot of Dunes being mentioned. A lot of last night in Soho's as well. All right. What's next? Mike Joyce says, John, you should use Letterbox so you won't forget the movies you've seen. I, I don't forget the movies I've seen. It's just that when I'm putting together a list, one might slip my mind. So, I you know, I tried Letterboxd. It's just not for me. I think it's a great service, but I, it's not really something I could use. All right, what's next? The Boom 4773 says, RIP Betty White, a national treasure. Again, I am... I'm I guess we're waiting now. I, I guess confirmed we're, now. Has it been Is confirmed it? now? People, the agent uh, just spoke on People magazine. Uh, there, Someone was saying there's going to be a presidential address at 8... 8 p.m. Um, I'm still not. I'm still not seeing anything from any reliable. Then let me just look in the um, like in the last hour because everything I'm reading on the news, the only thing it's still the only thing that's reporting it, I'm seeing is TMZ. Nope, you're right. People Magazine is now. Um, People Magazine and Routers are now confirming it. Ugh. So yeah, Betty White has passed away just before her 100th birthday. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. It's right, because I was just watching that video with her and mm -hmm. Ryan Reynolds yesterday. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is so... I, look, we'll, we'll, we will definitely... I'm not going to try to do it justice by doing a, yeah. a thing yeah. of Betty White right now. There, there's no... We wouldn't do it justice. We want to so do it justice. We're going to save yeah. that for Monday. But um, yeah, now it's now because once it's on routers, then it's it's official. So, but the boom um, national treasure, you are one hundred percent right. Yeah, she, she is a national right. treasure. It's how sad, but I mean, ninety nine. Wow, ninety nine. Mm -hmm. I it would have been great if she could have made it to one. And there is a special um, with some ladies from Saturday Night Live. They did a special about her hundredth. It was supposed to be for her hundredth birthday. But I'm sure there's, a, really there's a special out there already, which is nice that they did it before yeah. this. But okay, we'll get around <sighs> more of that uh, uh, next time. All right, what's next? Young Waz sends in a super chat. Thank you. Never lose your nerd says to be serious though. Dune was the best movie of the year to me. Sorry, but where are you at? I I next I have um, Never Lose Your Nerd. After uh, Young, yeah. You, okay, uh, check your other screen. To my other screen. Okay, that's crazy. Okay, I'm gonna pull this over here because okay, yeah, go. I just cannot see that well. You guys have no idea how thick my glasses really are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is from Sam Sprill. He says, one, tick, tick, boom. Two, King Richard. Three, Dune. Four, Mitchell's First, The Machines. Five, Shang-Chi. Six, Free Guy. Seven, Encanto. And eight, A Quiet Place. Two, and nine, Cruella. Yeah, you know what, Cruella, the more I think about it, I'm glad I had Cruella on there, because I, I like Cruella a lot. <laughs> no. Anyway, thanks for sharing your list there, Sam. All right, what's next? All righty, this is from Min Tran. John, Black Messiah was released in February this year, but with the Oscar new cutoff date, it was eligible this year. I'm still almost positive I saw it in December. I'd have to, I'd have to go back. Like maybe it got its wide release. I, I don't know. But you guys are probably right. I just I kind of swore I saw that in December. At any rate, all right. What's next? Ismail Montoya says top five phrases of the John <laughs> Campion show this year. Five tick. You know what, Ray? Tick. Oh, oh. you got to read it. Awesome. Tick tick boom. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go finish it. Number four. Ticket watch. Ticket watch. Ticket watch. Number three. You have to say it. 
Chef Pleasure. <laughs> What's up, baby? <laughs> Two, sponsor me. Zevia. Zevia, sponsor Zevia, me. Sponsor you insufferably me. cheap and sons of bitches. The number one. Big surprises! <laughs> it is. All right, what's Thank next? You. Thank you. Oh my God, I love it. John D says, Can you move that mouse? Oh, yes. John D says, Forgot to say thanks for a great year of shows. JKR, looking forward to big surprises 2022 may bring. Cheers. P.S. Glad Ray liked Don't Look Up. I did. I really, I might actually rewatch it today, to be honest. You know, I, I watched it um, and I liked it. I liked it. Too. I didn't think it was great, but I did but like it. Jonah Hill, come on! I like to, I like to uh, think. Uh, I would like to pray for all our stuff. Yeah, I want to pray for stuff. You know, we got <laughs> some six suits and some cars, whatever, and, and watches. <laughs> I just want to pray for stuff. I mean, that, that was pretty damn funny. That I gotta say. Hilarious. All right, what's next? All righty, this is from Min Tran Kim together. Is the James McAvoy Sharon Horgan movie about a couple stuck together in a house because of COVID? Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Okay. You know what? I I mistook that for the one about the surrogate. That's oh, called right. That's called Together Together. together. Yes. And then this up. movie's just called Together. So men, thank you. I was I was mixing them up, but you know, they're they're all called together. Okay. Sam Sprill says to all the boys, always and forever. You know, Anne was watching, got watching those, the, the, to all the boys I've loved before. I think oh. she got so hooked on that. It was kind of crazy. All right. What's next? Okay. This is from Josh Ward. My most disappointing movie, Mortal Kombat. Oh. Yeah. I remember, we went to go see Mortal Kombat. I still, yeah, we did. I mean, and I, I was so hyped for it. I, I don't have it on my worst films of the year yeah. list or anything, but it, it was disappointing. Take out all the coal parts and the movie's great to me. Sub-Zero, Scorpion. I love the way he he, he did that. The yeah, I even like the thing. way Goro looked. You didn't like the oh, way you didn't Goro? Like or it? Did you... No, I like the way Goro looked. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't too bad. But it was just that whole story. I would, Like I said before, I'd rather have seen a movie where Scorpion is chasing Sub-Zero the whole time. Their, no need for Cole. Their stuff looked great. The way Sub-Zero used his powers, the way Scorpion used his powers... That was all great, uh, but yeah, you're right. The movie would have been much better if they just focused on Yeah, that. and what was his power? It was like a mix of everybody's, which annoyed me too. Yeah. I didn't get it. So. All right. What's next? Okay, guys. This is coming from Elizabeth Gerardo. Sorry, John, but my worst film of this year is House of Gucci. It was bad. Ooh, wow. Yeah. I mean, Kim hated you. I still thought, I thought the first two acts were quite good. I thought the first two minutes the, were great. The, <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> Didn't cut it. But I mean, it's the third act for me is where it fell apart. That's where it completely fell apart. And it, the movie didn't need to be as long as it was. And mm -mm. But I mean, like the first two acts, I was really into it. I was getting into the family drama. I love the world building they did. I like the performances. So overall, for me, it's still a movie I enjoyed. But yeah, the third act just fell to pieces and kept it from, you know, it's not one of the movies that I'll look back on 2020. I was, you know, one of the really good movies of the year, but I didn't hate it, but Kim did. So you're in good company. But you know what I will give them is if Gaga gets a nomination, it's not undeserved. She, she might get a great yeah. freaking job. She I just will might give get a nomination. That 100%. All right. What's next? 
Okay, this is from uh, Igorio sends in a super chat. Thank you. And that gets us all caught up, okay. guys, on all the stuff that you guys sent in. So thank you, everybody, sending in those uh, the live chats. We, of course, turned off the super chat a little while ago because we had to get through all the stuff. So this is what we're going to do now, guys, as we get ready to roll into hour number three. We're going to take a little short break right now, uh, probably two or three minutes. going to stretch our legs, refill our drinks, all that kind of stuff. And then we'll be right back to get to the questions that you guys have sent in. So don't go anywhere, guys. Lots more stuff to come hang tight and we will be right back all right everybody and we are back thank you so much for your patience and indulgence as we took a little bit of a break there now let's jump into taking your questions shall we what do we got stuff starting off here first kim Okay, this is from Anonymous. They say, with the Batman movie incoming, do all three of you plan on attending the premiere together as you did Spider-Man and Kong vs. Godzilla? Well, I mean, first of all, I've never been to a Batman premiere. I've never been. So if you're talking about opening day, um, maybe, maybe we'll go, I'll go see it together on opening day. I'll be there regardless, one way or the other. All right, what's next? Corey Giddings says, in light of recent Joker rumors for the Batman, if... True. Would you prefer seeing another iteration on the Joker for a potential sequel or something brand new for a sequel? Look, straight up, I don't pay any attention to I, I don't think that any of those rumors have any legitimacy to them, all that kind of stuff. So um, but if if at some point they do more Batman movies and they do bring in a Joker, you bring in a new Joker. You don't bring in one of the other iterations. That would be ridiculous. All right. What's next? Corey Giddings says, just got through watching Batman versus Superman. And while it was not good from the blank and expressionless acting of Henry Cavill. Oh, completely to the, disagree. Completely to the horrible uh-oh, CGI back-to-back sluggest on the... Slug, sluggest? Sluggest? Slugfest. On the third act. Do you guys care to share any gripes about this I'm film? not going to sit here and go back and rehash a movie that's now like what? How old is Batman versus Superman? Mm. five years old six years old, years old whatever no, like it's that. not a perfect movie he's got problems but uh, henry cavill was great in it i thought henry cavill was great but i'm not gonna sit here and just rerun over the things i don't like about a movie that's now five or six years old at this point all right what's next jonathan says book of boba not gonna lie it was mostly boring flashbacks were a drag present day scenes kind of made me yawn until that one action scene even then it wasn't enough the creature battle was cool but that's it kind of boring to be honest hope episode two is better me too look look boba fett may end up being a great show overall it was that was a bad first episode i i look i know there's a lot of star wars apologists out there i am i am a star wars apologist myself but that was a bad first episode that is not how you start off a show when you look at Mandalorian, when you look at the boys, when you look at heroes, when you look at WandaVision, when you look at, I mean, that's how you start a show. Episode one, boom, get our attention. Give us a reason why, give us a sense of what we have to look forward to. So hopefully Book of Boba Fett at the end of the day is going to end up being a great show. But that was a bad first episode. So I, I agree with you. I hope it uh, they turn it around with episode two. All right, what's next? Jason H says, as a breakdancer yourself, huh. I'm surprised you weren't aware that Jean-Claude Van Damme's first movie appearance was not No Retreat, No Surrender. He was an extra in Breakin', mm. dancing hilariously in the background of one of the breakdancing Yeah, but that scenes. was not a role. Like, we all know we all know the Jean-Claude Van Damme thing. If you've never seen it, there's a Jean-Claude Van Damme where literally he, he doesn't have any lines. He's just standing there doing this. <laughs> That's what he's doing. He's wearing like a tank top, a muscle shirt. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, that's, oh, I God, look at 
It's an iconic video. I can't see that. But that is not a role. Like his first role was really No Retreat, No Surrender. But yes, we are all very familiar. If you haven't seen it, you should look up that video because it's hilarious. All right, what's next? Isaac says, do you worry that Marvel will begin to undercut the stakes of their stories with this new multiverse angle? The massive increase in releases. Will audiences get fatigued and stop rushing out to see these films and shows if they become less linear and more complex? I, I, I think all of that. I am worried. Again, remember, being worried about something doesn't mean you're complaining. I'm just saying, and it doesn't mean it's happening yet, but I do worry that the multiverse stuff is just going to be, make the whole MCU pointless, consequenceless, no stakes, um, and it just become a circus. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong. I love No Way Home. It's in my top 10 films of the year. But if you, you got to use that crap sparingly. And I do worry that I mean, look, I think they're going to use Doctor Strange 2 to close off the multiverse bullshit. But I, I do worry that they're just going to go stupid crazy with it and they're going to lose the general audience. Um, so, again, that's what I worry about. But we'll see if that's what actually happens. All right, what's next? Cody Hunt Films says, Just saw Swan Song on Apple TV+. Plus. Mahershala Ali's performance was incredible. His presence is so magnetic. Highly recommend. I love the idea of the film. How far would you go to spare your loved one's grief, though you know it was based on a lie? It's a great premise. I'm not even familiar with this. Man, oh, it, yeah. this Apple TV John, Plus thing? I wanted to watch it. I, wa I want to watch it. It's... You it's fantastic. It's oh, a good watch. That? It's fantastic. It was the movie's very well done, but his acting, I'm like, somebody better mention him for something. Yeah, I don't keep he, up a lot the on the premise Apple TV was Plus very stuff. um it makes you really ask yourself, would I do this? Because you could go either way. It's very interesting. The thing is he's die he's dying of a well, it's in the thing. He's dying of like a cancerous tumor in his brain or something like that. And uh there's people who offered him if it's like the year 2040 or yeah, something to clone him. Oh, and then okay. he has to go through that dilemma of should I it'll save them my family grief, but I won't be able to tell them that, uh, you know, right. That, and so. Aquafina's in it in a dramatic role, and she did a really great job. I'm surprised they're not advertising it. You more. should take it, take, take, give it, it came away. Out right. the same day as No Way Home. Man, I have, I have no time to watch it. I'll yeah. be honest. I have no time to watch it. Yeah. All right. What's next? The Kids Choice Awards. Ah says my top 10 worst films of 2021 <laughs> I just got that. dear evan hansen clifford f9 escape room snake eyes mortal Kombat, profile neil neil bloomcamp's demonic and tom and jerry and number one was cinderella i never did watch cinderella Didn't watch I, I never did watch that one so i'm yeah i'm not really uh whatever but yes kids choice awards i mean that's what it's all about was that the right official, paul feige the official account no no but it might as well be it might as well be <laughs> might as well. all right what's next richard says hi guys i like boba fett even though it was short my mom who never watched any star wars shows but she understood and liked the show more than hawkeye hopefully you can keep on watching the show instead of your usual two episode rule well i mean we'll see like if episode two is horrible what i will probably do is tap out and then later maybe go back and revisit if everybody says it gets better. But I'm definitely at least going to watch episode two and see if there's an improvement over episode one. Okay. All right, what's next? Jack Lumber says, I think your definition and my definition are a little different. When you say, when someone say universal dislike, for me, that means at least 90% of people dislike it and most just means like 51% of people. Out of curiosity, what was the result of the Iron Fist poll? Oh God, I can't fucking remember. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but there is a big difference between 50 and 90. 
There's a big, big difference there. So like for me, when I say so, it's pretty much universally disliked. I'm not saying that there are pretty much universally loved. I'm not saying there's a specific number attached to that. It's just saying that when I come across people and talk to them, big, big probability that they're going to say they either didn't like it or like it. Mm. And for something like Iron Fist, I can't ever remember to talking to anybody. I mean, clearly there's a, there are going to be percentages of people out there that liked Iron Fist. I have never talked to any of them, though. Everybody I've ever talked to about Iron Fist said they didn't like it. So that's why I say it's pretty much universally disliked. I mean, that could mean 80% dislike. It could mean 92% dislike. I mean, whatever. But there's a there's a lot of... You can't just say, well, there's either 50% or 90%. But there's a lot of gray area in there. But anyway, that's just me. It's just semantics. Who cares? All right, what's next? Oh, Hi, Mark, <laughs> says, hi, John and team, came across your channel doing the online ticket crash for No Way Home, oh, which, nice. which, inspired, ticket watch. <laughs> ticket watch, which inspired me to get my tickets that night or felt I would have missed out on opening weekend. I have been listening to your show every morning at work since. Oh, dude, wow. thank you so much. First of all, that's awesome that that's how you found our channel. And thank you so much for being around. I since. doubted it so much. Right. But it was funny because it was your idea. Yeah. I Take a watch was your idea, but you really didn't think we yeah. should do it. And it turned out being a huge success uh, for us in the channel. And we all had so much fun doing it. So I'm glad you came along on that. Hi, Mark. And thanks for being here, dude. All right. What's next? Jack Lumber says, are you doing a top 10 list this year? If so, are you doing 2020 and 2021 or just 2020? No, obviously I, for, I, I, I didn't do a top 10. I don't think, I don't think I did a top 10 for 2020 at any rate. No. So I just did 2021, obviously. Good question though. All right. What's next? Oh, hi, Mark says, then and have <laughs> truly enjoyed it. If possible, I would love to guest speak on your show. No, I that's not going to happen. <laughs> I was recently featured in Thor 4 where I interact with Thor's weapon. Won't spoil. Would love to discuss it when it comes out in July and would also love, hold on, to hear more about your debacle with the PA from The Incredible Hulk. Haha. -ha. Looking forward to more content and keep up the good work, team. I mean, it's just first of all, yeah, I mean, I've already pretty much... I've told the story of the Hulk debacle. So I, there's really not many, many more details than that. Um, while I totally appreciate when people write to me asking me to be on their YouTube channel or their podcast, or when people write in to ask to be on my show, uh, it's, it's awfully humbling that people would ask that. That's great. I don't have time to be in other people's podcasts, unfortunately. Uh, it's not that I don't want to appear in other people's podcasts. It's just that I just don't have time. So, and, and if I ever started saying yes to a couple, then that would just offend everybody else that I say no to. So I can't do that. And no, I have no interest in bringing people on my show. The only people I bring on my show are people I know. Uh, that's it. Yeah. So sorry, Kevin Feige. Yeah. So sorry, Feige. F yourself. With that account. Oh, hi, it's Mark. Uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I was there interacting with, uh, with yeah, the you just, Stormbreaker. This was the biggest pass you ever have. Watch. It's going to be like Christian Bale. Yeah, so um, no, no, we, we do not allow people, to, the random people to come on the show, unfortunately. So, uh, but anyway, uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for watching the show. And I will keep my eye open very closely when I do see Thor Love and Thunder. Just watch all the different people that interact with the weapon. I will keep my eye open for that. All right, what's next? B Wayne NY says, Hey, JC and crew. So, like you, I'm a big Yellowstone fan. With that and Mayor of Kingston, uh, and now 1883, Tyler Sheridan, Taylor Sheridan owns my Sunday nights. I'd be curious to know how many John Campia show viewers watch Yellowstone. Can you pop up a quick poll to find out? Love me some crazy ass Beth. No, I'm not going to put up a poll, but I listen. Beth is one of the best characters on television. Rip as an even better character on television. 
John Dutton is like one of the best characters on television. I mean, like that show, I am blown away. And I had, I had no interest in Yellowstone. It was on for a couple of years before I started watching mm-hmm. it. I had zero interest in it. That show was so good. And Mayor of Kingstown, man, I. We just started it. Oh, um, did you? Yeah, I was telling my Probably dad. Probably not with that, your nephews. And we just, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. This one's a, not for the kids. me and my dad thing. Um, and we love it. Very good. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I'm actually kind of blown away by the show. I'm all, I'm all caught up on it right now. I think they have one episode left in the season. But, I mean, I remember thinking when Hawkeye was on, it was like Jeremy Renner has an amazing show out right now. And he also has Hawkeye. I mean, but but honestly, out of his shows <laughs> out there, his better one is Mayor of Kingstown. You should, really shouldn't. Taylor Sheridan is just absolutely killing it. All right, what's next? I am Groot says, hi, John, Kim, and Ray. Love the show. Thank you for selecting Ray and Kim to be a part of the show every day. You all have such great di- such a great dynamic in such short time frame. Keep up the good work. Yeah, I love having... Uh, first of all, I've always intended my show to be a show where everybody's in the same room. Obviously with the pandemic that had to change for a while, but just the dynamic you're able to have when you're actually together in the same room and you're not trying to communicate over a screen with the inevitable little delays and the technical issues. It's just not the same energy. And I I think what Kim and Ray have brought to it as I know, at least for me has made a lot more fun for me to do the show. And uh, I can't wait till we add Robin to this oh, mix yeah. too. Like that's gonna oh be that's God. gonna be a lot of fun. All right, what's next? Wes Mauer says, "Hey, John and team, I agree. Ray Stevenson was the best Punisher we've had so far, and he's actually already been in the MCU as one of Thor's Warriors Three. Yes, he has. But kind of like Gemma Chan in um, in Ms. in Captain Marvel." If you see him as I keep forgetting the name of his character in the Warriors Three. Fag stag or I can't remember. Anyway, if you see him standing just next to Ray Stevenson, they look very different. But at this point, Ray Stevenson's a little old to play Punisher, so I, I don't expect we're going to see him come back. But he is, as much as I love John Bernthal's Punisher in the Netflix series, love him in that. I actually thought think Ray Stevenson's iteration was my favorite. I want to rewatch that. The more it comes up, I don't remember any Warzone or the yeah, Warzone. Or, Warzone. Warzone. I love Warzone. I got to watch that. I, it is so freaking violent. All right, what's next? Jordan Kaufman says, John... All I'm going to say about that fight scene in Boba Fett is jetpack. You have a jetpack. Yeah, that that's complicated. So the one excuse that I think is plausible for this, of course, they're surrounded by the guys with the shields and he's doing his really slow er block. Er. Mm. He has a jetpack. <laughs> now, the one excuse is that he didn't want to leave Fennec there by herself. The other excuse is the gas is so expensive right now? <laughs> he didn't want to pay he five bucks a liter. Jet pack. <laughs> he didn't want, oh, sorry, I'm in the United States. Gallon. He didn't want to pay five dollars a gallon for that. He's got to conserve that gas, man. All right, what's next? Owen Lanning says, "Must watch is Old Henry, starring Tim Blake Nelson." I like that movie. I do. It is truly a great western. It's a shame it went straight to POV because this movie deserves all the attention. The end of the movie rules. Number one movie of 2021 in my book. I mean, I didn't like it nearly as much as that, but I love Tim Blake Nelson. I, I've always loved him. I like where the movie he's been around before this, but the movie where I really took a te- paid uh, took notice of him was Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Um, which is a movie that does not get talked about enough. Oh, Brother Art Out There was so great, and I loved him in that. So great. All right, what's next? Chad Burney has a 
few few here. Uh, let's start out. Hey, John and team, settle in. I wonder if a lot of folks overlook how badass Boba really was in this episode. We saw in Mando how fierce he can be, but in reaction to this one, everyone has focused on the slow action of the fight scene in Mos Eisley. Hold on. I submit that Boba demonstrates why he is the badass we have come to expect. First, we can all appreciate we finally got to see how he got out of the Sarlacc pit. How did he do that? By burning his way out. That goo had to be flammable or else how was he able to burn his way out? Add that to the reality that Boba was covered by the goo. The dude burnt his entire body and he endured because he's a badass. And new temporary pain can be endured. Well, it could have been all on fire because his onesie baby jumper white suit was perfectly intact and not burnt. So just, <laughs> just want to put that out there, too. Okay, keep going. <laughs> he then gets a number of days slash weeks of malnutrition and dehydration on a planet that is known for water being a rare commodity. He gets no treatment for the burns and just stays covered in the sand. We are talking at least second degree burns at least we see these burns dry from the sand and neglect of treatment as he sits there tied up and never see him react to it he overcomes these to kill goro he overcomes these to kill goro he did kind of look like goro he totally did <laughs> and when the respect of the tuscan raiders a people who are known for their bad assery this said, how do you explain the slow motion Steven Seagal style fight scenes <laughs> in Mos Eisley? <laughs> I, I speculate the shields are made of the same technology that Qui-Gon Jinn couldn't get th through in episode one. This is legit technology that will mess you up if you touch it. And Boba Fett isn't even a Jedi. It goes on. Plus, these electric staffs are also a legit technology that Boba Fett knows isn't a joke. He was fighting with a controlled purpose, and he still got messed up. We, need, we needed to see those Gamorreans. We were going to replay Boba's fig leaf of trust. We need this so we can establish Boba's policy of trust through respect through respect would pay off this will be echoed through the next few episodes as characters come to fall in line with boba and not just and not just my thoughts cheers from kc i, I okay first of all chad always appreciate when somebody wants to really well like articulate what it is they're trying to say right on no there's no excuse <laughs> there's no excuse for the clunky steven seagal like the latter steven seagal the latter years uh fight style is uh, <laughs> and then a lot of people have written to me and say, but John, but John, you know, so injured from the Sarlacc pit mm -hmm. and the Tuscan Raiders. Uh-huh. Okay. But between when he got out of the Sarlacc pit and Boba Fett, episode one, he was in Mandalorian season two, ripping fools John Wick style mm -hmm. in a galaxy far, far away. No problems. That all happened. Remember, that all happens after he got out of the Sarlacc pit. It's not like he got out of the Sarlacc pit and then was in the streets and got attacked by those parkour warriors. Parkour! Parkour! Hardcore parkour! Gainer! <laughs> Backflip gainer! <laughs> so, it's not like... I mean, so we've already seen he's fully recovered. At least recovered enough that he is a walking death machine bringing chaos and death to anybody unfortunate enough to cross his path. And then he's in the streets... Like, <laughs> 
Urgh, so slow. Oh my god. So awkward. That's a lot slower than I remember. So painful. I mean, it's just it just wasn't the same thing. And the whole thing about his injuries and all that kind of stuff, it doesn't explain it because we've already seen him kicking ass in Mandalorian season two. So I don't know. I, I I'll, look, I'm not writing off the show yet. It's still John Favreau. As long as John Favreau's attached, I'm gonna keep my belief attached. So let's see what happens in episode two. All right. Thanks for articulating that so well, Chad. Appreciate that, man. All right. What's next? True Hong Konger says, hi, John and gang. Love your show. Longtime fan from Hong Kong. Cinemas in no, Hong Kong. No, really? <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed. <laughs> Cinemas in Hong Kong haven't allowed eating and drinking since last year. Funny enough, though, concession stands are still open. You just have to finish your popcorn and drinks before entering the theater. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I mean, okay. I'm not surprised to hear that. Um, again, you know, I was bringing up like, I get why France would, would ban concessions. Cause you know, like how many people are, are touching that dis disposal machine, uh, the, uh, the soda mm -hmm. machine, how many people are pressing on that butter thing and blah, blah. But then somebody else brought up the other thing that probably one of the big reasons too, is that, well, to eat, you got to take the mask off. And now what they're saying is like, no, if you're going to be inside with other people, you got to keep the mask on. So. I'm not really I'm not really surprised to hear that. It's a good thing to know. It's not just happening in France. It's starting to happen around the world. It might start happening in the U.S. And I don't know how I feel about that. But, I mean, it's something that could happen at some point. Thanks for sharing that, Drew Hawk. I appreciate that, man. All right, what's next? Mac Attack says, Hey, John, with the multiverse going on, I do agree that it'll practically end in Doctor Strange 2, but that it'll leave lasting effects, yeah. such as Jane being Lady Thor in the new Thor movie. She's from a different universe, maybe? Thanks for all you do and bring on the filthy. No, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think, because what we've seen now is that in everything, everybody's predicting it's a variant. It's a different universe one. Like even when we were going into Hawkeye, a lot of people were predicting that, oh, that's a variant of Elena. That's a different movie. No, they just, it's just a Hawkeye movie. I don't think they're going to get into that stuff in Thor Love and Thunder. I think it's just, it's going to be Jane. It's going to be Natalie Portman's Jane. I don't think Taika Waititi is going to get into the multiverse stuff. I think there's going to be, I mean, I don't know that. I don't know that, but that's, that's kind of my, my guess right now. All right. What's next? Anonymous says, hi, John, I might have missed it, but the last thing I remembered was that you weren't done yet with Lucifer's final season. Have you finished it in the meantime? And if yes, what is your opinion of it? Thanks and keep up the filthy. Oh, yeah, I finished that. Yeah, I finished that very quickly. Um, I really enjoyed the final season of Lucifer. Not my favorite, not my top two, not my top. might be my least favorite season of Lucifer, actually, but I still liked it quite a bit. I thought there were some things about the ending that didn't make any sense, like um continuity wise with the whole thing with the daughter time traveling and everything there were some things that absolutely made no sense but still overall i enjoyed it and as i look back at lucifer it's going to be one of my probably one of my top 10 all-time favorite shows uh, even though the final season wasn't as good as the other seasons to me i still really quite liked it all right what's next dr nova says friends wanted to play a star wars campaign told nice. them only thing I know about Star Wars was a frog named Yoga <laughs> taught a space wizard. And thanks to your video, Ewoks will eat your face. They said, that's good enough. I'm now playing an Ewok named Tippet. I'll tell you what, playing an Ewok, that is a character class you can play in a Star Wars, in a West End game, Star Wars D D6 system role-playing game. Playing a, 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 an Ewok is not easy. 
That's a, that's actually, I always recommend first time players not to play an Ewok, even though you might think they're cute and that might be cool. It presents a lot of challenges gameplay wise. Mm -hmm. So uh, the fact that you're able to do it, Dr. Nova, that says, I think a lot about your role playing game skills. All right. What's next? The last style bender says, hi, John, Kim and Ray. First time tipping. Thank you, style bender. I just read a report from the Hollywood reporter saying that Warner Bros has tested two different cuts of the Batman, one with a certain actor and one without. Okay. Okay, just just stop there for a second. I have read no such report. I, I don't I don't think that's legitimate. I think wherever you're hearing that from may not. I mean, again, I may have just overlooked it, but I have not heard that report at all. Did you just ignore who's asking this question? The last style bender. I mean, was well, obviously not the champ. It is the champ. It's him. He's actually writing in watching. I this would show. love to think it's the champ. Getting ready for his next fight against Whitaker. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, bye no. bye, Whitaker. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Now, one actor who has been missing from these insane trailers has been Barry Kogan. Am I saying that right? Yeah, Kugan. Kugan, thank you. Druig from The Eternals. In the casting list, his character said to be an officer by the name of Stanley Merkel, who works alongside Gordon. But I believe this might be a misdirect. I believe he might have a more significant role or maybe even a cameo as a certain clown, prince of crime for a future sequel. Thank you, John and crew, and keep up the great work. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, first of all, I thought Keoghan was great in Eternals. And I the relationship really him. between him and the speedster, one of my favorite relationships in comic book movies ever. I love that relationship. I love it so much. I thought they were so Was that freaking, Makari? Yeah. Oh, I So beautiful Makari, as he would say. So freaking adorable, that relationship. I loved it. Um that said, no, I, honestly, I think you're reading way too much into it. Not everything does like the Marvel. Oh, let's drop in this person and that person. I, I really don't think it is. I mean, again, I don't know. We'll find out for sure. And if it does happen, Style Bender, we'll remember you called that out. But yeah, I, I honestly don't think they're going that direction. But we shall see. And good luck against uh, in your rematch against Whitaker. Yeah, yeah. All right, what's next? Adam S. says, hello, John and crew. Yesterday, I did a double feature of West Side Story and Nightmare Alley. Nice. I really enjoyed both films very much and was really surprised by the writing and acting of Nightmare Alley. What's your guys' take on the movies? Well, first of all, again, the one film I haven't seen is Nightmare Alley, and I really want to see it. Number, But first, why would you be surprised by the acting in Nightmare Alley? Oh my God. Bradley Cooper... Willem Dafoe, Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara, I, I mean, Ron Perlman. Golly. What's there to be surprised about? Of course the acting is going to be stellar. It's a movie being directed by Guillermo del Toro. Academy Award winning director Guillermo del Toro. So why would you be surprised? But yeah, I, I'm going into that movie with very high expectations. It sucks that I haven't seen it yet, but that's the one I haven't seen. And then West Side Story, best movie of the year. Best movie of the year. Love it so much. All right. Thanks for that, Adam. What's next? Julius Goodwin says, I'm curious. Do you ever make it to Seattle? I'm really out of the loop with most things. No. So what happened was, um, Anne, you guys remember my wife, Anne, for a long time, for many years, was was the big person over at Hasbro. Loved her job at Hasbro. Loved the people at Hasbro. Took a, a new challenging position at Amazon. Amazon offered her a really good gig. It was too good to pass up. And she took a job with Amazon. Now, this was during as the pandemic was getting started. And so she just got to work from home. But eventually we were going to have to move to Seattle. And we were starting to plan that we were going to move to Seattle. But the longer and longer the pandemic stretched out, we started realizing and it was like, I don't think I want to move too far away from my mom, mm. like with pandemic and everything. And 
and we start realizing, do we really want to live in Seattle? I mean, I've visited Seattle and I really like Seattle. I've got friends who live in Seattle, but I, yeah, ultimately we just decided against it. And it just so happened that as she was coming up to like to the end of her, her first year, Apple came along and offered her an even better job. Amazing. <laughs> so decided to take the Apple job. So no, we never actually did. I've visited Seattle several times. Love Seattle, particularly their film fest. But uh, no, we never did move to Seattle uh, and nor are we. We're not moving there either. All right. What's next? Julius Goodwin says, with Spider-Man doing as well as it has, do you think there's a chance the movie theater industry could pull through? I'll be honest, I was afraid COVID had decimated it beyond repair, but I'm feeling slightly more hopeful lately. Listen, when you got a movie, it doesn't matter what the movie is. When you have a movie come out and become like the second biggest opening weekend in the history of film and crosses the billion dollar mark the third or fourth fastest for, I think it's officially the fourth fastest than any film in history. Yeah. There's a lot of people back in the movie theaters having a good time. It's all good, but it, it's how quickly can we get this whole new variant stuff under control? You know, the problem is hospitals are filling up again with people, uh, mostly with people who haven't been vaccinated. Uh, people who are getting it who have been vaccinated, but they're not having nearly as bad symptoms. So, I mean, that's that's a good thing. But, I mean, it all depends on how well we can get this under control because we're not out of the woods. We're not out of the woods. So, it's still a little, the game is still on. The fourth quarter is still ticking down. So, we'll see. Here, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, but we'll see. All right, what's next? EJ Tan says, hey, John, big fan of the show. Kimberly and Ray are the best. Anyways, today is my birthday. Just turned 24 years old. How many birthdays have we had today? So many birthdays. Well, I mean, I guess it's not crazy because we had like however many thousands of people are watching. There's only 365 days. So that means we should have at least like four or five birthdays every day. Right. By Mm -hmm. average. So anyway, EJ Tan. Happy birthday, man. Hey, I hope you have birthday. a great day. And maybe you have a great year ahead of yourself, man. And enjoy 24. All right, what's next? All right, I'm going to move on to Starbucky Barnes uh, to avoid a spoiler. Uh, is it just me or does it feel like Transcendence ruined Wally Fister's career? Yeah, he was right? really successful as Nolan's DP when he did Transcendence. It really felt like that was the last thing he did. Transcendence is the only movie I have walked out on. Bring Trend? on the filthy. Uh, Transcendence... With uh, was, Johnny Depp. With Johnny Depp yeah. was awful. Rebecca Hall, I think. Uh, that was 2014. And it was really, really bad. And it was directed by a guy who was becoming one of the most respected cinematographers in the business, in Wally Feister. Now, the last thing he did was The Dark Knight Rises as a cinematographer in 2012. That was the last thing he did as uh, as a cinematographer. Listen to this. Cinematographer, a lot of these Christopher Nolan, on Inception, The Prestige, Dark Knight, The Italian Job, Moneyball. I mean, he was all these things. And then he got a shot to direct, and he, the film, which is a great progression. And he directed Transcendence, which was awful. Now, he did a couple of episodes of the Amazon relaunch of the Tick series. I loved the Tick, but that's really the last thing he directed. He directed Transcendence. He was never able to direct another movie again. He did a couple of episodes of Flaked, which I've never heard of, then two episodes of the Tick, and then a video short for Taco Bell. This was a guy who was on top of the world. Not many people, 
like you got Deacons and Feister. I mean, not a lot of, a lot of people, not many cinematographers become household names amongst average movie fans. There's only a couple and his was one of them. And then, yeah, he tried to become a, a director with, which is great. And Trent transcends was so bad. And it, I don't know if the sink thing was that the stink of that movie just wouldn't leave him after that. I don't know if, um, I don't know if he just decided, well, now that I've directed, I don't want to be a cinematographer anymore. And maybe that was it. Or maybe it's like, man, his movie was so bad. Well, we don't even want to work with him anymore. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he burned bridges. I mean, I have no idea, but it is crazy. You're right. Wally Feister was like a big, big name. And then all of a sudden he directed the one movie and he's been for all intents and purposes, other than Taco Bell shorts, he's disappeared. Wow. And it, it is, it's a really, really weird situation. Mm. All right. What's next? Pseudonym M says, Hey, John and crew about your Yellowstone complaint. Paramount plus wasn't a thing when Yellowstone came out. Viacom owns TV rights, but they didn't have a streaming service until after CBS merger. Doesn't excuse your experience as a customer, but these things happen. Yeah, no, understandable. But when you are launching a service that's called Paramount plus, and you've got a show on the Paramount Network. It should be on Paramount Plus. You got to, you got, I mean, I understand it's not just a simple, straightforward thing, but you got to make that happen. Because other than maybe Star Trek, that is your best IP right now is Yellowstone. And you got to find a way to make that happen. So you're absolutely right, Sunita Man, and you're right to point that out. But I, I, I agree. That's, it doesn't give them an excuse. It would have been harder, but they need to make that happen. All right, what's next? James Bonner says, okay, so watched Book of Boba Fett episode one. Liked it, but as Ray might put it, no big surprises. No, big no surprises. No surprises. <laughs> and we don't need surprises. By the way, I, I don't want us as an audience group to become just like the heroin drip of, oh, it's got to have a surprise. It's got to have a surprise. <laughs> Incredible Hulk has to show up in Mandalorian oh. for it to be for it to be fun. Oh, it's, it's, a new it's a new character. <laughs> <laughs> we, like I don't want us to become that. Yeah, we should. And so he didn't need surprises. Just give us good, solid, meaty narrative. Give us something. Uh, I don't know. It's just, yeah. All right. What's next? Kyle says, did you notice that in the Hawkeye end credit scene, the play was about the attack on New York and it had the original six Avengers plus Ant-Man in it, even though he wasn't part of it. <laughs> quantum mania ties? No, I don't think there's any quantum mania ties. I think that was kind of a dig at creative license. Yeah. Like just the fact that he's in there. He wasn't even there. <laughs> like, I mean, he commented on it. He yeah. wasn't even there. I just thought it was, a, I thought it was a little inside industry dig at itself about joking about that you know taking creative license that these these productions take creative license i thought that was fun all right what's next anonymous says wanted to thank you for making this community feel like a family and appreciated all the small things you do like saying i don't agree with you on that then you explain your position but respect your opinion and it's just as valid as mine ray and kim are awesome oh thank you for so much for that thank no, you, no thank listen you. yeah listen i'll have a movie on my top 10 list and somebody might have it on their top 10 worst or vice versa. And neither of us are right or wrong. That's the beautiful thing about being movie fans is that we all, and the art in and of itself is that every movie hits each one of us as individuals in a different and unique way. We all have a different experience with the movie. 10 people stand around and watch a movie. We're all going to have 10 different, slightly unique experiences. And that's not a bad thing about the movies that's to be celebrated so yeah i want to make sure that when we're talking about things like hey i have a totally different opinion than yours but that, that's great i love hearing your opinion 
even when it's completely different than mine, because your opinion is no less valid than my own. And that's the great thing about being film fans together. So thanks for sharing that, man. I appreciate that very much. All right, what's next? Adam Mechanics sends a $20 super oh, thank you, Adam. Uh, tip. Thank you. Hi, all. I know this isn't a gaming channel, but could I hear Ray's 10-second review of Halo Infinite? I love the game and can't wait for the Halo TV show in 2022. Thanks for all the great content. Ray, have you had a chance? I mean, I know. Yes, I have. Look I've at all the played it. Look at all the Halo stuff that you got. You got your Master yeah, Chief yeah. there. You got your yeah. Xbox trophy. What, what and I'm, I'm so glad I don't regret having this stuff on. It's I actually really like it so far. What I'm waiting for is the co-op. Usually Halo ships with a co-op campaign mode. Right. Which is the only way I play. I rarely play single player stories just because I have 15 seconds of attention span on it. And then I'll right. leave it in. See, that's the only thing I like playing. I just like playing single player stories. Yeah, yeah. So co-op was supposed to ship with it. So I'm waiting to get through the whole game with someone, you know, playing with me. Right. Because by myself, I only got, I haven't even got to the mainland yet, but... I like it, and in multiplayer, I just suck ass. I just suck ass now. I don't know why, <laughs> because I, I I haven't played a multiplayer since Halo Three, and so I think all my uh, reaction um, time is slower now. I don't know. Maybe I'll keep playing. Maybe I'll get better. But it's fun. I love it. So thumbs up from you. Yeah, thumbs up. All right, let's do one more question today. The last question of the year. Oh, the last question of the year comes Aww. us from who? Who is the the winner? The winner, the lucky person, is Christopher Rosado. He says, hey, John, I have a great theory about the villain of Doctor Strange 2. I think that alternative Doctor Strange isn't the what if one, but actually the villain nightmare. Reason why he looks like Strange is that he's, he appears as what Strange fears most. Well, and here's why that's not a crazy theory. Because we've talked about this a bunch. In the Doctor Strange 2 trailer, we see the other Doctor Strange show up. And all of us, including me, we're all assuming it's the Doctor Strange from What If, right? And that's probably who it is. But I've also kept trying to remind myself and all of us that let's not take it to the bank that that's who it is. It could be something else. Nightmare is an option. Nightmare was also an option in WandaVision that didn't come to pass. But, I mean, that is an option. Listen, in a world where Evan Peters can show up and make everybody think, well, then that's obviously Quicksilver. But it wasn't. That This could be a different Doctor Strange altogether. Maybe it's Nightmare. Maybe it's something else entirely. Again, I'm still of the assumption that it's probably the what-if Doctor Strange, but it may not be. And until we see the movie, we won't know for sure. But that is as good of a theory as any, Christopher, so uh, thanks for writing that in. All right, guys, listen. There are still more theories to go, some more questions to come from uh, Nightman, Rod, uh, Garden Va Variety Vagabond, and others. Do not worry, guys. We're going to do a companion video this weekend and get caught up on those. So just keep your eyes open for it. If you sent in a question, it's going to get answered. But for now, guys, that's a wrap on the John Campy Show for 2021. Oh what a year it has been. It's, it's actually been the most successful year we've ever had on the channel, which is amazing because it wasn't even a full movie year yet, which is great. A lot of cool things have happened, and it's just been a great year. And uh, just, I'm not going to go into uh, this a lot. I'll just say quickly, guys. It is still amazing to me that our channel is even still here. When the pandemic hit, and we are still feeling the effects of it now, we are a movie industry channel. Yeah, we talk about TV and streaming too and some other things, absolutely. But we're primarily a movie channel. And 
when the movie industry was hit so hard, I, I honestly didn't know if the channel could survive. I really didn't. But you guys have been so committed to this community. Uh, you guys have come and participated in the shows and given us great fun things to talk about. And you've taken this channel to the heights it's never had, even during a pandemic. So I just wanted to say, even though I say it a lot, but I, I want to say it again. Thank you to all of you guys for a great year, uh, for being a part of this show for the whole year and for setting us up for a really fun 2022 ahead uh, that I cannot wait to get started on on Monday. So guys, just a big thank you to all of you. I also want to thank Kimberly Ann Curran for being here. Kimberly, where can people find you online? Yeah, you guys can find me on Instagram at wasgoodkimberly and happy new year to all of you. And right beside her has been with you in the live chat today. Ray Aura, where can people find you? Hey, uh, Ray Aura with a zero, not the O. And if people Happy want to if year, people try to find you on Xbox, how do they do that? Oh, it's the same thing. Just Ray Aura yeah, with Yeah, just zero. add Ray Aura with a zero, not an O on anything, and I'm all on there. And there he is. And of course, you guys can follow <laughs> oh, me on, on, on <laughs> <laughs> not on everything. Not on everything. But if you find me on something that's really suspect, if you're looking uh, you for know, it's not me. <laughs> only fans. Ray Aura only fans. Just Ray Aura with an O. Uh, and of course, also known as Chef Pleasures. Uh, if you guys want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, simply right there at John Campia. Alright, guys, that'll do it for us for today. Thanks a lot for being here. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends. Happy New Year.